Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's royal visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. You should have been pulled in the front room. They have faith in you. You should have been pulled in the fifth, but they had faith in you. And you. You are now locked in to the latest episode of the Hey! It's Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Part of the Rota Fanatic Podcast Network. Go to rotafanatic.com right now and read Phil Goyette's latest article about climbing the rookie ladder at rotofanatic.com. It's episode 85, the Alejandro Kirk edition. It's a two for Tuesday. Double your pleasure, double your fun. The gruesome twosome are in the house. Both of them work at fan tracks. Both of them know a thing or two about prospects. And both of them are an absolute pleasure as human beings. That's right. Let's give it up for Chris Clegg and Eric Cross. Join your host, Michael Govier, as he breaks down fantasy baseball with Eric and Chris. They'll get in their final insane fantasy takes before opening day. Take one last look at ADP scenarios before we say farewell to ADP until next offseason. And of course, shine or ride the pine. This episode is going to be intense. You need to be locked in, focused, and prepared for anything. Shit could hit the fan. But one thing's for sure, nobody talks like Chris Clegg talks. And we're going to maximize his talents by getting every last ounce of beauty out of that gorgeous Georgia drawl that he's got. Take it away, boy! Plato, Fantasy Baseball Podcast, part of the Run of Fanatic Podcast Network. I am Michael Govier, your host this evening. Deary is unavailable tonight, but he will be back Tuesday night for our final prior to opening day prediction show. We're going to get it all on the record one last time. You can follow me at MJ Govier, G-O-V is in Victor, I-E-R on Twitter, and of course, Plazo Podcast at ProtonMail.com, and Plazo Podcast on Facebook and Twitter and sub our YouTube channel where you could watch this feed live. Utah, give me two. Today's guests are, they're two of a kind, you know, they kind of roll in a pair. They are individual human beings, but together they form an unstoppable duo. We haven't seen the likes of this since Kobe and Shaq, I think. It's been a long time. Or maybe a battery mate would be more apropos, like Posada Pettit, something like that. I don't know. At any rate, we've got Eric Cross and Chris Clegg from Fantrax joining us. Guys, how's it going? Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, man. Doing good. Excited to be here with you. Woohoo! Yeah, I'm really Woo. glad to get you guys on. I mean, we uh we worked hard to make this happen. You guys had some drafts, you guys are very busy. I'm busy, so we all have lives, but we all stuck to it. We never gave up. 
We could have given up and never done this show and said, eh, screw it. But no, we're here. We're going to make it happen. Yeah, never give up. Never give up. Good motto to live by. (laughs) So, yeah, so Eric Cross, you are known as the prospect guru, but what what would you like to be known beyond that? What should people know about you beyond prospects? Uh, I just love all forms of baseball. You know, that's why I, I try to market myself as someone that can help out and provide content in all facets of fantasy baseball and yeah, I just love baseball. I eat, sleep, breathe baseball. It's like being a dad and baseball. Those are my two things. Dad and yes. baseball. That's me. You're a pretty good dad from what I hear. I mean, I only get your opinion on it, so I don't know what the <laughs> truth is. From what you tell me, you're a pretty damn good father. So I hope so. That's that's the goal. It's always to be the best dad and best analyst I can be. And Chris, you know, we kind of met last year. I think yeah. the first time we actually met was... We did that pod with Matt. Was uh, Matt's pod yep. turn two? Yep. First time I was on the turn two pod, we did it together. Got to know each other a little bit. Yeah. That's good. You Got came to know each other, wrote a fanatic. Yeah. And then you uh, have taken off, man. You've exploded. I remember when you only had like a thousand followers. Now you're way beyond anything I can even comprehend. I, I'm surprised <laughs> you're even on the show, to be honest. This with guy you. in the corner. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's nice to have a friend like Eric Cross. He, uh, yep. he lifts people up. But I think, honestly, with all the jokes aside, you know, you do deserve a lot of credit for that, Eric. You point out people that have potential and you help give them, you use your platform to help expand their opportunities. And I think you should be given credit for that. I'm not trying to kiss your ass or anything, but I just think we got to call it what it is. And Chris would clearly say that, right, Chris? 100%, man. Eric's been extremely good to me. I'm very thankful to, to work with him. Yeah, I appreciate that. And like, that's why I try to do because there's people before me that did the same for me. So it's kind of like the pay it forward and then the, the new people now, years down the road, they can do it for others. It's just got to pay it forward. That's, that's, that's what it's all about in this industry, helping people out, always learning, always helping out. It's, it's fun. I'm completely with you all the way. There's so many cool people I've met and I'm very grateful to have all the experiences I've had so far. And hopefully this will be another one of those wonderful experiences on the Hey, It's Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Of course, opening day is Thursday. We are oh so close to the end. Uh, Chris, how many drafts do you have left? None. I'm officially done. But I have the urge to get one more in. Like, I really want to jump in one more <laughs> league. Ah, maybe I've like a best many, ball or something? Yeah, maybe so. I've done far too many. But, you know, I'm, I'm itching to do one more. So we'll see. I might try to squeeze one in. I think that's a great idea. You can never have enough drafts as long as you're not committing to too many transactional leagues where you're overwhelmed. Right. I'm already there. So got to be a best fall league. (laughs) Forever. Yeah, you're screwed. Just like me. I'm screwed too. I mean, I have, I went over last night. So last night we'll talk about fab and some of the fab targets we did for Sunday night. Me and Eric, for those of you that don't know, we do a tag team team together in Maddie Davis's Maddie Woods tag team league, whatever it's called, the tag team league. I think that's what it is called. Yeah. And so we had to run our fab last night and I had to take stock of all the transactional leagues I had. And I think, I think I'm okay. I don't think it's too bad. Last year I learned the hard way. I got way too excited. I wanted to not necessarily please everybody, but I wanted to connect and like get as many opportunities as I could. So I dove into a lot of leagues, every invitation. I said, yes, 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 yes. And (laughs) that kind of burned me. So this year I made sure that there was a limit on fab leagues, transactional leagues, and I did bust. I could do all the best balls I want and drafting holds. Those are okay. But I made sure to make the adjustment. But I still found myself not making the right choices last night. Like, how do you feel about our uh, 
our decisions last night, Eric. You know, we did our first fab, me and you, and we're doing it together. I don't have a lot of co-managing experience, so I, you're a good guy. You're a reasonable human being, but I still am trying to get the feel of it. Yeah, no, I'm not too upset with what we got. I, I the first week of fab is always it's always crazy, right? You never know what it's going to look like, and you know, we we did get a couple. You know, we kind of thought like, all right, our outfield we need a little bit of pick a pick me up there, which we got. Yeah, we we didn't get any you know big additions, but yeah, I'm happy with the the two guys we got, so I'm okay with that. It was just more of a feeling out process, and I like to hit Fab harder, like kind of like after week one, right? Like, unless you have a glaring hole in your team, which I don't think we did. So just little minor moves here and there. I was fine with it. Yeah, Eric's not happy with our outfield. If that's the weak spot, it's the outfield. But we'll get there. That's why we picked yeah. up a couple of cheap outfielders for yeah. four total dollars. We got two. Sutsugo, Yoshi Sutsugo of the Rays and DJ Stewart of Baltimore. So four bucks total. That's not a bad deal. And not now we have all. our whole we have our whole budget left to spend. Absolutely. We're, we're, we're set up good. I think we got a good team. Well, we'll talk more about that in the fab section. We're going to talk fab. We're going to get some of the final final takes from these guys before opening day starts on Thursday with some insane fantasy takes. The final edition of ADP, guys. This is it. I'm going to say farewell to ADP after this show. I'm really going to miss it. Chris, are you going to miss ADP after today? 100%, man. But, hey, now it's all downhill from here, and we get fab and all kind of other fun stuff. So, Yeah, it kind of struck me the other day when someone said, well, this is it for ADP. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, like there's no purpose. No need to talk about ADP anymore, but I'm going to miss it. You know, we got our little song, and we'll play it a few more times here. We'll say farewell by giving these guys some ADP scenarios. And, of course, the Insane Fantasy takes, which are always dumb and silly and probably not going to happen. But Insane Fantasy takes. You never know. <laughs> and, of course, Shine or Ride the Pine. We'll get these guys' predictions on the projections. I'm really excited for that. And that's the show for today. So don't forget to follow us at Plausible Podcast. Two L's, two Z's on Twitter. Plausible Podcast at PortalMail.com. We'd love the sub on our YouTube channel, as we said. Now, it's time for the Belvedere music. You guys know Mr. Belvedere? Either one of you? Yeah. Was he a butler, a housekeeper? Uh, streets on the China. I would say butler. I think. Probably. I go with Butler. I think, but they were they were a modest family. I think Butler. I think rich people. That's true. Like Bob Euchre's family, they were like a middle class family. You know, I just don't. Maybe Butlers can be for middle class families. I, I always think rich when I think like Jeeves the Butler. Jeeves. <laughs> That's true. Uh, no, by the way, D. Mendy's asking if I got a haircut. No, I just took a shower. That's what that is. <laughs> I got a fresh Here's. cut though, Mindy. It's nice. Oh yeah, man, that's a nice cut. Where do you go? Wait a notice, nice Mindy. <laughs> you go to? Do they have Lady Jane's down there? You ever heard of Lady Jane's? I have not. Yeah, that must be a Detroit thing. So it's basically like, it's kind of weird. It's like, hey, we're attractive women cutting your hair, but I mean, it's not really that. There's attractive women that cut hair everywhere. So I don't get the whole shtick. It's kind of annoying. It's more annoying than me. Trust me. The guy who does the commercials, he's like. Ah! It's not fun. So. Imagine if I talked like that for an hour and a half. It would be terrible. It would be tiring for you. <laughs> yeah, it would, be, it would be exhausting. Full hour and a half, that'd be tiring. Woo! Yeah, that might hurt the old vocal cords. But anyway, two minute, two minute to... video is fine, but yeah, hour and a half. That's <laughs> it's a whole nother ball game. <laughs> yeah, I hate that Twitter has the limits. I always want to do those videos longer, so it's always a challenge to get two minutes of information in. I kind of, I actually admire the challenge because you want to, 
cover as much as like last night's fab i wanted to go online and talk much more than two minutes and 20 seconds but that's all you get so i had to cover as many fab targets as i could in two minutes and 20 seconds it was it was a challenge <laughs> it definitely is those those damn twitter limits unless you're cool maybe i don't know you got more followers than me eric maybe you have the elite package i don't know no, there's no elite package. Two twenty for me too. <laughs> All right, well, at any rate, housekeeping, that's what we're doing here. So I want to say thank you to, first, of course, these two guys for coming on the show. Very grateful for the opportunity to talk baseball with these guys with opening day right around the corner. And then I want to say thank you to Dan Crinion. Dan Crinion's in the Better Ball Roto. So Roto Juan, Michael Alexander, he's Roto Juan, W-A-N on Twitter. He's from Razzball. He started up this Better Ball League, and he asked me to join it. It was like 10 bucks on Fantrax. Shout out Fantrax. And... I decided to join it. So the problem is I keep forgetting that it's my turn to pick. I'm definitely that guy. People don't like me sometimes because I'm so busy and I'm like, oh, crap. And Dan has been reminding me at least eight times. I think he's reminded me eight times to pick. So, Dan, I want to thank you for that. I owe you a, a six-pack of beer. Or I don't know if you drink bourbon or something. I owe you something delicious, whatever it is. If you don't drink, I can send you a McDonald's gift or, or something like that. But uh, thank you, Dan. Thank you for keeping tabs on me. It's important to do that. Do you guys, either one of you guys struggle with that? Are you guys really good at keeping tabs on your draft picks? I w- I'm usually pretty good, but this year my phone, like I'm getting the email notifications from like fan tracks and whatnot, but in general, my email is not giving me notifications about emails. So it's like, <laughs> I have to like remind the guy, I should probably check now. But yeah, I- I've been a little worse than usual this year just because my phone not giving me any it, it didn't update like two months ago and stopped giving me my Gmail notifications. And it's been very annoying. So I have to actually go into my Gmail. I don't get like, hey, Fantrax, you're on the clock, you know, popping up on my screen as a, you know, a push notification. So yeah, it's been, it's been a, little, a, little, a little frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Plus, randomly, Fantrax notifications just stop. So like some way through the draft, it's like, no, oh, I didn't get a notification for two rounds. So always got to have good people in the DM chat to, uh, right, ping you. Yeah, I think those people are underrepresented. And I wanted to pay tribute to him. So thank you, Dan Crinion, for doing that. Uh, shout out to Sam at Mags20 on Twitter. He's in my Dynasty League that's run by Gator Sosa, Jake, uh, for those of you that know him. And he is a really nice guy. And I promised him I would say shout out to him on the show because he listens. And I think you never know who listens to your podcast. I was surprised to find out that he does. So thank you, Sam. I appreciate that. And then, of course, to Alan Sturt. Alan Sturt has donated to the show, which is really incredible. Thank you, Alan, so much. He also asked some fantasy questions, and we're here to help. Just like, I mean, when it comes to getting asked fantasy questions, there is nothing like the two of you. You guys are like the masters. I always, they're always in my feed all the time, constantly. At Roto Plague, at Eric Cross. Hey, guys, what do you think of this? Like, it's all day long with that. You guys are amazing at that. Like, truly incredible. I wonder if other people get annoyed from all the responses. Like like you mentioned, like it's just constantly in the feed. Like, I can't even see anything else. It is. I, I mean, I don't have a problem with that. I'm just impressed that you guys get that much interaction. I, I'm envious of that type. Of, I would love to get that kind of interaction from the audience. So kudos. Congratulations. It, it helps that I just love talking baseball. So it's like, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like work. It doesn't feel like a drag. It's just I love talking baseball with anybody and everybody. So that definitely helps. Yeah, there's a lot, but like I said, I just love it. Yeah, you you guys just give responses, your opinions. Based, they'll say, "Hey, should I keep so and so or so and so?" And you'll just give your responses. It's not like they're asking you to do their homework or something. It's fun. It is. <laughs> yeah. so, that's a good attitude to have. Not everybody has that attitude, though, Eric. So 
Again, you should commend yourself for that. Oh, thank you. And then, so thank you, Alan Stewart. He donated to the pod, which you can do. We have our donation stuff because we're an independent pod. Even though technically we're part of Roto Fanatic, we're we're pretty much an independent pod. So thank you, Alan. Really want to thank you for your time and your you know, your financial donation. And that's pretty much it. Don't forget the Plaza Invitational is in the book, and we're gonna have to come up with the final biggest trophy. And we don't know what that is. So we welcome your ideas. DM us to the show at Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's, or email the show, Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com. We are welcome and open to any ideas for the trophy. We'll, get, we'll make anything that we can, you know, think up in reason. We really want to get your feedback and input on that. And lastly, uh, Mark Kiefer. I was on his show, Roto State of Mind. Mark Kiefer started doing a podcast recently, and I did that last night, and that is available. Roto State of Mind mine please check it out mark's a really friendly humble cool dude loves talking baseball he lives in colorado that's cool i used to live in denver it was fun so please check that out okay that's enough housekeeping i think we've covered the basics what do you say we get into some baseball talk guys you ready let's do it all right let's get into leading off Okay, and leading off today, we are going to talk baseball, of course, in case you didn't know. I threw my headphones on the floor, and (laughs) there they are. That was pretty close. Did I make it back in time, or was I a couple seconds late? A couple seconds. That was pretty good, though. We heard you. I heard the footsteps coming, so I was like, all right, he's hauling. He's hauling ass here. (laughs) Did you hear the drum cymbals? I crashed into my drum set. (laughs) I did not hear that, no. I didn't know what it was. I heard it, but I didn't know what it was. Oh, yeah, that was my hi-hat falling over. No big deal. Nice. <laughs> anyway, I have these. So I have these. this whole system kind of set up. It's complicated. Point being is I needed the headphones from over there because when I listen to music and play along on the drums, I got to have, like, these super headphones because these are these are like Sony Bluetooth. They're, like, they're decent. They're solid. I'm That's glad I bought good. them. Yeah, but they're not, like, I guess they're not noise-canceling or like super elite noise canceling because if you start playing the drums on these things you can't hear anything but the drums so i need these old school plug-in headphones for that anyways that's what's going on there so baseball god what are you most excited about clegg what are you most excited about for opening day one thing in particular is there something or are you just excited for baseball in general Baseball in general, probably the all the poor spring training takes. They'll just go away. Like, <laughs> like is, is should I drop Spencer Torkelson? Like, oh, he's a top five prospect. Like, come on. Like, it's his first taste of professional ball. Like th- those takes, I'm I'm ready to be done. So, but then we'll have the overreactions from the first couple weeks. So. That's what I was, I was just about to say. Like, well, those will be replaced by that the hot starts. Like, Kike Hernandez hits three home runs first two games, and people go crazy. And then he goes into a you know hibernation for the next rest of the season. Actually, so yeah. Oh, but I'm I'm, so- I'm happy for baseball to be back and to have a full 162. Yeah, we still got to deal with COVID, and there'll be you know guys that are sitting out because of that. So it's not totally gone, but. This is, we're having a full 162. That after you know only 60 games last year, I'm just excited to get six months plus you know plus postseason. So I'm just excited. Ben, imagine <clears throat> last year. Go back in time. This time a year ago. Think about it. Think about where we were. You know, we had no baseball lined up. Everything was on pause. 
and there was no clear future. And we ended up having to wait till the end of July for the season to start. So if you can really go back in time, close your eyes and think about it just for a moment. I think everybody should be really, really grateful for the fact that we got baseball on Thursday. I am thrilled. I am jacked. I am stoked. And I'm definitely going to cheer for that. Absolutely. Hell yes. I'm going to cherish it. Hey, what's up, Matt? Matt Williams in the house. Uh, I'm going to tell you that let's not worry about the season after this. Let's not worry about the labor strife. Let's just enjoy this moment, this season. So that's what I'm really, that's what I'm really taking away from this opening day. I'm just going to really enjoy it. Me too. Yeah, because it is daunting to think about all that stuff. So it's focus on the now. Focus on like to the full 162. Like last year was a weird time, right? We didn't know what was going on with baseball. When when it would be back, we had no idea when it was a start. And then they started fighting owners and and player organization um, association. Bo! So yeah, focus on a, a good 2021 <laughs> and then go from there. And plus, the Braves are going to be awesome. So Chris, you must be you know thrilled. Yeah, it's exciting, man. Hopefully they'll. Uh not choke a 3-1 lead this year, but we'll see. Must be nice. <laughs> oh. my, my, my team sucks. I actually want to go back to what you said there. You kind of alluded to some negativity, Eric, <laughs> with Kiki Hernandez. It sounded like you're not thinking he's going to last in the leadoff spot, and really any type of production should be expected from him. I mean, he has a career 313 OBP. Granted, the Red Sox don't have a great option obviously there's no more moving okay, bats <laughs> alex verdugo is solid he's probably our best option he's probably hitting second behind kike but yeah i just don't see like when has kike ever produced for like in a full season or even a few months so it's like he'll probably get up to a hot start i can see that yeah, he's his game kind of fits fenway well it's a good hitters park for him but yeah i, I don't see him leading off the entire season that'd be crazy <laughs> hey, he's a sleeper for me. I'm in, man. I think he's a good value late. Yeah, at, at, at second base, you know, it's yeah, he's, yeah, he's definitely a good late round target. Yeah, I think Vlad Sedler, who I'm in a uh, Roto Wire OC with the other day, last night, I think he picked him up in Fab for cheap, but still, it shows that there's some interest from people who know what they're talking about. And I think, I think that's kind of player, or at least an example of somebody that we're there's going to be a lot of disagreement on. Because he has had spurts where he's really good. And maybe the Dodgers didn't let him just go full bore. Or they never gave him the chance because he could never be consistently good. And that's what I think we'll finally find out here leading off for the Red Sox team. Which has a, I'm sure, Chris, you don't disagree. It's a good offense, right? Yeah, I think it is. I know Eric probably won't agree to a full extent since his team. but I think Yeah, but he's all, he's all caught up. Yeah, he's caught I, up I, in this. I was I was just talking with uh, Chris Meany from um, FTN on um, about four or five hours ago about the Red Sox and yeah the, it's a good offense probably a top ten offense and uh, you know you got Bogey and Devers and JD it's so Verdugo so I think I think it's gonna be a top ten offense it'll just be about the, uh, the pitching staff but yeah no if he can stick in that leadoff spot I just have questions about that but if he if he can it could be really good late run value just a lot of runs even even in with his lower OBP. Probably still score a lot of runs when you got the right behind him is going to be Bogart's endeavors to hitting two threes. So, yeah, very sneaky value if he can stick there. Okay. I felt I missed the boat on him. I got my main event tomorrow night. I'll be really curious to see where he goes. It'll be it's my first main event. So, I'm very curious to see how ADP gets thrown out the window. And I'm very confident that will be the case because these guys, you, know, you pay that kind of money 
$1,700 for an entry. I mean, I'm not a rich guy. I'm not saying that at all, but I, I kind of have really extended myself or maybe overextended myself to get into this, but I wanted to take a shot because I want to see what kind of picks come out of it. And really, it's a test for me. Can I hold up? Can I go up against these people who put that kind of money down? Or do I belong in AAA or my quad A fantasy player? I want to know. <laughs> yeah, you're more you're more than quad A, Michael. You're more than quad A. <laughs> That's very sweet of you. You're a sweet man. Thank you so much. Yeah. But I do <laughs> I do know that, you know, this is this debate about remember this debate was like a month ago versus these labor leagues and tout wars versus these big money leagues and who's better than who. I don't give a crap about all that stuff. I really exactly. don't. But I do believe if you're going to put a lot of money down, odds are you've probably done your homework, I, I would say, more often than You'd not. You'd hope so. <laughs> yeah, boy, you know, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong, Chris. Maybe you're right. You would think so, but maybe there's yeah. just people with money to burn who say, hey, who cares? Woohoo! <laughs> you would hope they do the research, but you never know. Yeah, that's why I can't wait to find out. Really excited for the main yeah. event. Woohoo! That's Tuesday night, tomorrow night. Oh, bye! Woo! God, I'm getting, getting stacked. I'm getting jacked up. I'm you like, should, uh, you should be. I am. I'm like Ryan Gosling in the big short. I'm jacked. I'm jacked to the tits. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk first catch of the day here. Our first catch of the day. This is the final one because spring training is basically over. This is the final farewell, at least from this show. We wanted to say well done. Congratulations. And our catch of the day, the first catch of the day, usually is to someone who had a great spring training. So instead of me throwing one out there, I would like to get your guys' opinions because that's why we have you on the show. I want to hear from you. So, Chris, is there somebody who stood up from spring training that you want to say, hey, take note of this guy, well done, well-deserved? Probably Dalton Jeffries, man. He's like, I think he's earned a spot. I know somebody threw a comment up earlier about Dalton Jeffries, and I know they haven't committed to him as the fifth starter yet, but he's been highly impressive this spring. He was obviously looking to earn that spot, and, man, he's just been really good. And, you know, he was dominant in 2019 in the minors, and then you see what he's done this spring, I think he's going to be a nice little target. I picked him up last night in TGFBI for fairly cheap, actually, and nobody bid against me. I was kind of surprised, and I was like, then it made me kind of doubt. I'm like, am I kind of overreacting to this? Like, I don't know, but Jeffrey's been really good. He's pitched uh, 18 innings this spring, 1.5 ERA, struck out 24 guys, looking pretty good to me, and just piggybacking off what he did in 2019. You know, I mean, he had a rough debut. He, he debuted last year, actually, and was roughed up, but he only pitched two innings, so I'm not counting against him. So, Dalton Jeffries, I'm the guy who's impressed me. Genius, genius, genius. Maybe you'll look like a genius, Chris. I hope so. Because Dalton Jeffries is definitely, he has all the tools, right? Well, I mean, what is the one deficiency in his game, if there is one? There's got to be. They all have them. Yeah, I mean, honestly, hard to say i mean lack of opportunity is that one it, it could be i mean he he strikes out batters he doesn't walk a ton i mean you look at his career walk rates in the minors it's like one batter a nine it's ridiculous struck out yeah, averaging 11 batters a nine and now his minor league career i mean he just gets the job done and so i don't know so i mean hard to give him like a obviously there's faults in this game but you know yeah lack of experience is probably the biggest thing going against him right now I had a hard time, and specifically in my TGFBI league, which for those of you that don't know, for some reason you're not aware, it's a 15-team Roto League, two catchers, uh, standard issue, 30 roster spots overall, seven bench spots. And I found myself saying, I just can't drop any of these guys yet because I, I have 
not that I'm a master drafter, but I felt pretty good about almost all of them, and I didn't really want to let them go yet without finding out what's going to happen first. Did anybody have that problem last night? Yeah, I, I had Harrison Bader to drop because, you know, he's injured. So I was like, he was a back-end guy, so I'm going to churn Perfect. it anyway. I did throw a bid to drop. Uh, I had Luke Weaver, another back-end guy, but I ended up losing that bid. But So I'll have Luke Weaver another week. We'll see how he does. But yeah, Ooh, I agree with you. Luke Weaver! I had to do that. Made me think of Dreamweaver. <laughs> Sorry. Absolutely. You're not the only one. It makes me think of that too. But I, I don't. I don't have the you know the angelic, majestic pipes that you do, Mister Govier. So there won't be any singing from me. I, I don't. I don't. I'm not a singer. Well, speaking of majestic pipes, I saw on Twitter today Roto Clegg himself. Somebody, I can't. I think it was Nick Savale. That's who it was. The best voice in the business. You were on there, man. I know. I was Top like, whoa. Four. I don't think that's true at all. But <laughs> oh, get out of here. You, that, that's why I said in my video today, I would listen to you do lullabies, erotic <laughs> novels, anything. I, I seriously, oh, I'm down so with all. Hard. <laughs> Coming soon to our Patreon, Chris reading erotic novels. <laughs> you know, you, there's there's no market until you create one, and then suddenly there's that's a true. market. Yeah, but would it be erotic novels about? With like a baseball theme to it somehow. <laughs> yeah. Might as yeah. well. Like story stories from the ballpark or something. <laughs> yeah. After hours in the dugout. <laughs> Under the bleachers. <laughs> yeah, it could be baseball like an innocent ball. romance, a minor leaguer. You guys cover prospects. A minor leaguer in double A just having himself a lovely summer romance. Just like in Ball Durham or something like that. You know, it's classic. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Absolutely. Except more sexy, you know, a little more sexy, Chris. Don't yeah. forget to get the sexy. There. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> we are. Wow, what is? What are we talking about? What happened? Where are we? Uh, we're talking <laughs> about. Uh, oh yes, catch of the day. So, Chris gave us one. Uh, Eric, what about you? Somebody from spring training that really stood out to you, and you're very pleased with. Yeah, someone I'm actually hoping the draft here. I'm actually in the middle of a draft right now, which is going very slowly. But uh, Austin Hayes from Baltimore. You know, he was one that was on my radar just in general. He's like a late round outfielder. You know good minor league numbers and in the opportunities there in Baltimore, obviously is not many, not many standing in his way. And yeah, he really excelled um, this spring training. One of the top players overall in spring training, you know, hit four home runs, three steals hit 392, you know, 11 runs scored. I think he's probably hit somewhere in the middle of that Baltimore lineup, which might not be too bad. Like obviously it's not gonna be, you know, like the Red Sox or the Yankees lineup or Toronto, but you know, they get some good up and coming young talent there. Santander's solid, Mountcastle, you know, Austin Hayes. So I think he could be a sneaky late round target. Maybe give you, a, you know, around 20 home runs, give you maybe 10 steals for a late round target. That's pretty damn good. So I really like the way he was swinging the bat. I got no argument with that. I found myself back in the Battle of the Podcast draft. Remember back in January, Eric, from yes. uh, Draft Champagne, uh, Zach Waxman's Battle of the Podcast draft? I was stuck between Hayes and Kyle Lewis at like, because Kyle Lewis had dropped all the way down at that time to like 190s. Mm-hmm. And I was like, should I go Hayes or Lewis? I ended up going Lewis. And I don't know if I regret that or not because he's hurt. I, I I don't like taking guys after they've come off a really kind of over the top season, like a really impressive season either. I'd rather have a guy like Hayes who's more in the weeds. So we'll, we'll see. I, I like that completely though. I'm with you. Yeah, and, and Lewis wasn't a bad pick either. You know, I like Kyle Lewis; got good pop, good pop. So, but it wasn't necessarily a bad choice there. Yeah, I don't know. I'm depressed now. Shows <laughs> over. This is such a crock of shit. Now I'm excited about it. Kyle Lewis is going to be fine, even though he's got a leg issue. I think he'll be fine. I'm not worried about it. Anywho, all right, there it is. We heard from both these guys. They shared some of their spring training faves, which was cool. 
And now we get into Qui Bono. Who benefits? Yes. Yeah, but Qui Bono, who benefits? From The Departed. You guys like The Departed? I got to be honest, I don't think I've ever seen The Departed. Or if no. I have, it's been a long time. I, I don't think I've seen that. I know. I know. Shame on me. <laughs> Chris, you've seen it. I have not seen it. I'm sorry. Oh, shit. Right. You <laughs> sorry to let you down. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're not letting me down. You're just letting yourselves down. You guys need to watch this together since you both haven't seen it. And that way you oh, can just knock it off at one. Do a podcast together and then just throw it on together and watch it over Zoom or something. If you can do it like that, I don't know if that's possible. But no, we, we usually, you know, we, we, we kind of have two different recording slots. We aim for like 2 p.m. on Sundays. Um, but sometimes we have to go, you know, obviously Sundays, sometimes you got stuff going on. So we'll do like a nine o'clock or so. That's our other time slot on Sunday night. And once, if we do that slot, usually we're talking two hours after while we're, you know, you know, Chris is editing the pod. We'll just get on the most random tangents of, you know, who knows? <laughs> like one yeah. of them, we started talking about this you know, remote Island in the Pacific that doesn't have anybody living there, but somehow the USA has you know, owns it. So it's like, our, our, our talks go every which way. So we could probably fit in a, a night of watching the departed. True. All right. <laughs> oh man. It, it's, it's our homework for the show. It's based in Boston too. So I thought, you know, that would be something that'd be up your alley, but I, know, I feel like I should have watched it. But <laughs> Maybe you did. Oh, there's my girlfriend, Leanne. Hi, hey, Leanne. I can't have a great time. What I, I don't know. Do you love the departed, Leanne? Is that why you're saying that? I'm not sure why she's saying that. Anyways, you can live stream comment on the show by going to our YouTube channel or it's on Facebook Live on our Facebook page at Palazzo Podcast. Two L's, two Z's. Utah, give me two. Okay, so we're talking Qui Bono, who benefits. That's Alec Baldwin who said that, by the way. It's pretty obvious. His voice is pretty distinct to me. You know? Yeah, but Qui Bono, who benefits? Yeah, that's him. So who benefits from Renato Nunez going to the minor leagues? It's official. The Tigers are sending Nunez down, but he's going to report to AAA to the Toledo, to the alternate site, which was somewhat surprising to me because I thought he could sign with another club because he's a power source. But um, Clegg, who do you think benefits in this situation? I guess Candelario. I mean, and Miggy, both those guys. I mean, I think Candelario is going to split time at first and third. Miggy probably gets more time now between DH and, and first. I don't know. Kind of surprising to me that they cut him. I mean, somebody can use him. And the fact that he was outright at AAA, you know, I figured somebody would pick him up. Like, could the Orioles not use him? You know, like, why didn't <laughs> yeah. they cut him in the first place? Yeah, that, that was that was peculiar when they cut him. It was, it was, it was, was like, good, best good power. He's <laughs> <laughs> like one of their top hitters. Yeah, I, and Harold Castro made the team too. I, I just don't understand Harold Castro, Willie Castro, of course. But now we have we have two Boy. Castros on the Tigers, so it could be confusing. But he's not Willie. Trust me, Harold Willie, big difference. Definitely. Uh, yeah, I was kind of surprised because I thought that Nunez would be the only guy who could hit thirty home runs on this squad. If you look at the roster of the Tigers now, I mean, is Miggy? If Miggy hit thirty home runs at age thirty-eight, that would be pretty amazing. Especially if there's a deadened ball, right? Yeah. The, the I, Rockies I love- are going to trade for Nunez and put him at third base. <laughs> there it is. And yeah. he's going to hit 40. It's going to be awesome. Every lame power, every middle of the road power hitter who can't <laughs> hit for average or anything like that is going to Colorado, just like yep. CJ Crone did. Well said. <laughs> don't, don't, Chris, don't do that to me. Because then he's going to block all your boys. 
it, it's funny. Like it's, it's like a running joke whenever I talk about you know Garrett Hampson or Brendan Rodgers or Sam Hilliard. People comment like, oh, they uh, they just signed um, uh, they just brought back Ian Desmond to play second base or they just signed Matt Kemp to play left field. It's like it's like a running joke. Like which you know crappy you know veteran that shouldn't be there is going to block these young guys. So. Rockies are so frustrating. Okay, so the next one is uh, Scott Kingery was demoted, and I was kind of surprised by it, but maybe other... Were you guys surprised, either one of you? I was a little surprised. He's still a young player. Yeah, he hasn't really panned out and kind of lived up to, you know, the expectations, but the fact that he could play, you know, multiple positions, you know, it's a little bit second, third, maybe even some short. I thought he'd keep him like a... Maybe not as a starter. I'm not surprised he's not a starter, but... It's like a super utility role. I, I was kind of surprised they didn't, you know, keep him for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, we're gonna get all in your face and point out your faults. Clearly, they did. They really don't like him right now. But what do you think, Clegg? Yeah, I was surprised. I mean, I, like I'm like Eric said, kind of hear that out that I thought he'd be a utility guy. I mean, their center field. I mean, they're gonna start Adam Hazley, and they cut Odubel Herrera, right? So I mean, did they? I cut King, I, yeah, they oh, they God, were acting like that. he was gonna start, and I'm pretty sure they they cut him too. I thought Kingery could slot in at center field at least majority of the time. Wow. So that means it's Quinn and Hazley. Yep. That's what they're rolling with. <laughs> Not very inspiring there. No. <laughs> Is there any any hope that – I mean, because Roman Quinn's fast, right? One thing you do is steal a bag. But is there any hope that he could actually be a legit fantasy player this year? In any, And if so, what type of format would that be? <laughs> the deepest. <laughs> the deepest of the deep. Whatever's the deepest, yeah, 30 team, yeah, dynasty, 75 roster spots, yeah. But no, he's, I mean, if he starts every day, I don't see the bat, and bat has never been anything to really get excited about at all. But if he gets the playing time and he steals 20 plus bases somehow, maybe he's a roto, if he can hit 250 and steal 20 plus bags, maybe he's 15 team viable. Yeah, it's valuable in in that kind of format. Yeah, definitely. I I don't know. I, I find that. I just think Kinger will be back, and I bet he gets a chance to get it right and come back because they still have him locked into that five-year deal, right? So, yeah, yeah, it's not like they want to abandon the situation there. Maybe it's just like a you know get your head right in AAA for a month type of thing. You know, he if he starts off last year, no, it won't be. You know, AAA doesn't start till May first, but you know, maybe if they, he looks good at their alt site, maybe you know they bring him back up because you know Hazley and and Quinn aren't really holding anyone back. So like, I saw Hazel come up through the minor leagues and I'm like, he looked like a fourth outfielder. You know, he just like, all right, he's, all right, he's decent. He'll have some, he'll have a major league career, but not really one that I was like, oh yeah, he's going to be an everyday outfielder for, you know, the Phillies or whoever may be down the road. So yeah, I, I can see King Reed back up. So, but it was, it was surprising. That is so fetch. I hope that comes true. I really do. All right, last one real quick. Ty Butry was actually sent down to the Salt Lake AAA alternate site for now. I was kind of surprised because I thought he would be a good piece in that pen and someone that I targeted if Rizal Iglesias faltered. So who benefits now? Who's number two in line with Rizal Iglesias being clearly the closer for now? They traded for him for nothing. I think... Didn't the Reds cut, uh, was it Noel Ramirez? Noe Ramirez, the guy they traded him for? That basically was a salary dump, like the classic example of a salary dump. Yeah. I, I like uh, I like Mike Mayers in that. I used a guy I was actually going to be targeting before they got Iglesias. Like he, was, he looked pretty good in the role last year. 
So he's definitely one to, especially if you're you know in a any league that has any sort of holds factored in. I think he's definitely a worthwhile target and probably the number one guy. You know, if uh, something were to happen to Rizal Iglesias, and then another guy's a sleeper in this in this bullpen. Chris Rodriguez is one of the the Angels' top pitching prospects, and he's got good stuff. And looks like he's making the team, maybe in the bullpen. So I think he's a guy that you know if everything kind of goes wrong and Iglesias gets hurt, maybe Myers doesn't work out or or whatever. Rodriguez could slide in into some late, you know, late inning roles. So definitely, obviously, don't draft him right now. But you know, just a name just to keep in the back of your mind, just in case things go south there in, uh, in Los Angeles. Yeah, but do you not think they'd send him down to stretch him out as a starter, like long term? He I mean, seems I, like he's a starter. That's what I'm confused about. I do think so, but they also have a lot of options already. Like they already have, you know, like a six man rotation going on here, but. And he, and he, but he could sign to the rotation though, because you look at their rotation, and none of these guys are really like guys that you pencil in for thirty plus starts, right? He's yeah. had his injuries. Obviously, Otani is super risky. Canning's had injuries. Quintana's had injuries. Alex Cobb is Alex Cobb. So, <laughs> <that's> a, right. <laughs> so yeah, definitely Rodriguez could. Whether it's you know in a bullpen role, or maybe they move him into the rotation at some point this year. Um, definitely saw a couple pass to some. You know, fantasy value for Rodriguez later in the year, maybe. Yeah. No, I like Rodriguez a lot. Yeah, I just good. Good stuff. it's interesting to see him slotted in the bullpen right now. You know, like if, if they want him to be a starter long term, it feels like they stretch him out. But maybe he starts the year in the bullpen, and then when like AAA starts, he he goes down and gets starter reps. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah, yeah like like Mayers a lot. He's another guy. Like you mentioned, I thought he was a good late round saves target prior to Iglesias coming over, and that kind of killed those vibes and all my early early shares of. Mike Mayers, but <laughs> here we are. Yeah, Mayers was a name that I really didn't catch on to last year. And then as the offseason slowly progressed, I kept hearing his name more and more and more. I'm like, oh, okay, why am I not aware of who this guy is? So if he's the heir apparent or he's the number two, you're sitting pretty if you made moves for him in drafting holes or any type of deeper situation where you were trying to take a flyer on saves, even if it was before the Rizal Iglesias deal, because Let's be honest. When's the earliest you drafted uh, Cross? The first draft you did in the offseason? Actual draft? Um, yeah. November, December, I think. Okay. I'm trying to think of which one. That, I remember definitely having a draft done before like Thanksgiving. I can't, remember, I can't remember which one it is, though, to be honest with you. But, yeah, I remember that first actual draft was pretty early. Yeah, oh. the the best balls at least like the best balls. I started up like as soon as they opened. Oh yeah, definitely best <laughs> like, balls. Yeah, so <laughs> it was a slight problem, but I mean addiction, but it's okay. Wow. Okay, that's that's impressive. I have no beef with that at all. But I know that people in other leagues that were transactional their rosters were a mess. They told me so, and that's yeah. what happens when you draft that early. You take that risk. When did we draft Battle of the Podcast? That was what? January fifteenth. Okay, I was like, I was that was fairly early, but okay, I wasn't sure if it was December or not. Yeah, well, there's a lot of people that might they might have lost jobs, uh, they might be in the minors, they might not just be available, they could be totally pointless to your, they could be free agents, possibly, it's possible, but yeah, you know, that's what you do when you go draft that early. You just got to say, and move on, that's what <laughs> you do. All right, let's talk to the fab targets. We kind of alluded to this at the beginning of the show. Fab targets from last night. We had our first official run for people in NFBC leagues and, of course, Fantrax leagues. I had my Dynasty and Glarf. Shout out to my Glarf people, the Great Lakes area Roto Fantasy. So those were my two fabs for Fantrax. And then I had a couple with TGFBI, RotoWire OCs on NFBC.com. So fab is officially underway. 
What are the initial takeaways? Can you give us the players that some of you guys targeted? Let's start with uh, you, Clegg. Can you give us a player or two that you said, hey, you already alluded to Dalton Jeffries. Was there somebody else? Yeah, Jeffries was one the, the only one that I won in TGFBI. I put in bids for Jazz Chisholm, who I didn't win. I mean, somebody went crazy high on him. <laughs> I was not willing to go that high because I still have questions about his hit tool, but like the power speed. Emilio Pagan was another one. Went after potential saves. I don't know. And then Taylor Trammell was the last one that – I really went after, but only got Jeffries kind of upset. I really would have loved Tramel, but I was a good bit under there. So it kind of stunk, but it is what it is. Well, you may run like maze, but you hit like shit. <laughs> Sometimes that happens. Is that Jazz Chisholm? We don't know yet. You know, we, he's got the opportunity. Could yeah. Be. Yeah. Could be. But what is the limit you'd like to spend, Clegg? Because you said. You weren't willing to go that far. So does that mean you would spend less than 50 bucks last night on a player, or was it more than that? I put 31 on Chisholm. I put 21 on Jeffries, 17 on Pagan, and 13 on Tramiel. Actually, Tramiel only went for 20 in my league, so I barely missed him. <gasps> but Pagan went for like 300-something, I think, and Chisholm went for like 200. So like totally was not even close on those. Damn it. What did a uh... – God, Cross, we must have – we didn't go high enough on Tramel, I guess. Maybe we should have gone higher because we did not win that one in our tag team league. We didn't come that far. He, I, I spotted it up now. Uh, Zach Waxman and, and Mike Curlin got him for twenty six bucks. So ah! he, he, I thought he was going to go higher because I feel like a lot of the first round of Fab is like the prospects that kind of got called up, like Tramel and some guys like that, Jonathan India, those types, and then like there's a lot, obviously a lot of relievers too, and. All both those kind of subsets of, of players go for just a ton of money, right? Like I knew Pagan was gonna go for a crap ton of money. The relievers always do this. That's, that's why I didn't really target any of those. I put bids in on them because always put bids in because you never know. Like you could think, all right, this guy's gonna go for way higher than this, but you know, maybe you'll be pleasantly surprised and you know your league doesn't value that guy as, as much as you know other leagues do. But you know, I got I got a lot of Kevin Newman because some of my, my middle infields weren't looking well. And obviously I'm not buying into he's hitting like 950 the spring or whatever it is like 700 and something but you know obviously but you know look at 2019 with, with kevin newman and he's not really a sexy player but the context skills were there he's one of the best context guys in baseball back in 2019 you know throughout the minors he always hit for a high average so it's kind of like one of those stabilizers to you know kind of plug in and, and help me get by but yeah, so I, I didn't get a bunch of big fab this week because like i said i don't really like to because it's a a lot of overreaction, like, you know, Josh Rojas going for, you know, I'm looking at our, <laughs> our tag team league, you yes. know, Ro Rojas went for 157, Tanner Scott for 176, Jay Bruce for 133. So it's like, there's a lot of overreaction. India went for 103, who I mentioned. It's a lot of overreaction. And I just don't like kind of bidding that high. Unless I need to, like if I have a glaring hole, I will, but in TGFBI, I lost Zach Gallon, but yeah, I didn't really do too much to replace him right yet because you know i still have a pretty deep rotation in tgfbi so which i like so yeah it's a lot of overreaction so i, I didn't go too too crazy this this first week don't be that guy <laughs> don't be that person who spends way too much money on the first week we haven't even had the first pitch of opening day yet and people have spent over 300 dollars of their fab some i some saw some really even crazier numbers 700 dollars all combined that's madness that's guy my TGFBI spent over five hundred already. See, that's that's just too intense. That is on, too he, intense. On Pagan, Chisholm, and Ian Kennedy. 
over 500 bucks. <laughs> that's oh just too. Gosh. That's just too much. I, I remember from, I, there was some. I, there were times when I did do that. Like I remember one year I went big on Kike Hernandez in uh, <laughs> I think it was like 2018 oh, or so. And Things yeah, so learn learn from your mistakes. That's something you know. Learn from these mistakes, grow, improve, and that's what I try to do with Fab early on. <laughs> Don't be that guy. Just don't do it, guys. Please don't do it. The Josh Rojas was one of the biggest offenders. I mean, we spent 61 in the tag team, and I thought that was okay, but it got blown out of the water. But in other leagues, he went for 300, 200. My TGFBI league, he got way overpriced. And then the Rotowire leagues I was in, I actually got Rojas because I didn't change the price for $62. So the highest second bid in the Rotowire OC, which is 12 team. $350 entry fee was $11 for Rojas. So it just gives you some perspective. Is Rojas more of a 15-teamer or a 12-teamer? Because I think a lot of people want to know about the value of Josh Rojas right now. Uh, so, Clegg, what do you think right now about Josh Rojas? Is he going to be a game changer? Or is, is the hype and the helium just way too much right now? I mean, I like him. Like, I think he's a solid ball player, but I don't I don't really think he's a game changer. I mean, he's going to provide some solid numbers. Like, he's going to give you some steals give you some decent power. I don't know how much average he's going to hit for. I think it, what, it may be a 250, 260 type hitter. So I don't know. I think it's a lot of helium, but there there is some like on the wire, like obviously like he's going to provide some value. So he's worth picking up on like the back end of your roster. I think he could give you a little bit. So I like him. I don't love him enough to to go all out for him. I think it, there's this massive excitement over the one season he had, which was with the Super Bowl. And it wasn't it in the PCL, and it was overhyped. Yep. He had like 33 yep. homers, hit like 330. PCL is incredibly hitter friendly. Like yep. it's yeah, to the point where it's a, you, you can't trust those numbers too much because <laughs> like Ty France had a huge season in the PCL. Yeah. I'm not saying Ty France isn't legit, but yeah, you, people look at those numbers sometimes and get kind of blown away by them. Where it's like you know most of those parks are extreme not just like minor hitter right extreme hitter parks and just like the the you know that whole league in general so you gotta take those with a grain of salt <laughs> isn't that more impressive though what zach gallon did with that what was like the 182 Absolutely. era he had in the pcl yeah. that it was so on the good opposite. and if you looked you know if, if, if even if you you know factor in the international league which is still a more hitter friendly league but not as hitter friendly as pcl he was leading triple a level and era but like a full run and a half he was like 1.4 whatever it was like mid ones and the next guy was like high twos or low threes like he was leading by a wide margin so yeah that was that was very very impressive what gallon did that's why i love gallon like i, I got him as my ace in tgfbi he's the type of pitcher no i like to target way. yeah gallon's a guy that i think to be very very good for a very long time so his uh his injury right now kind of stinks <laughs> so in the redraft, then did you you didn't drop him yet, or are you done with him? No. What is your take on you? You still think he can come back and provide you enough that you're not going to drop him in like a TGFBI or a redraft roto league? Yeah, no, not yet. I, I it's funny because we haven't really gotten a concrete timetable yet for when he's going to be back, but it didn't sound like he was going to be out like the entire year. So I'm kind of waiting to if he was like kind of like one of your back end guys, I probably would have dropped him by now, right? But since he was my ace and you know a top 15 or so pitcher for fantasy, I'm gonna wait till I know for sure. Like, all right, he's gonna be out five months close to like like an Eloy Jimenez timetable, right? If that was a timetable, like, all right, maybe I'll drop him because you know bench spots are valuable. 
But if it's only going to be, you know, maybe two months, I'm definitely holding on to him. So, yeah, definitely with a guy like him, I'm waiting to, until I get more concrete, you know, a timetable to make my judgment there. You agree with that, Clegg? 100%. I think he's back in May, like early May. Wow. And so it could be wrong. Well, I would love that. I mean, that would be incredible. I, is there a difference between – well, obviously not for you, Clegg, because you think he's coming back in May. That would be great. But – for you, Eric, if it's a 12-team league, is he droppable? Or are you, regardless, not 12, not 15? You're, you're just going to wait. I'm just going to wait. Even even 10-teamers. You know, I know wow. some people out there are in 10-teamers that, that tweet at, at Chris and I. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm holding Gallon everywhere until I get a more concrete timetable. Wow. wow this is interesting stuff. We're so talking. Good. I love talking baseball. This is this is what it's all about right here, folks, what we're doing here. I could... Man, we could do this for 10 hours. I could, but we got to keep moving forward. We got more to talk about. Well, we hit some of the big names with Rojas and, of course, with Pagan and Taylor Trammell. Some of these guys are going to provide, and the others aren't. Jazz Chisholm, will he be a hitter consistently, or will he have to go back maybe. down to the alternate site? We'll find out. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> oh, uh, my guy Brian Rodgman here is popping in, and he says, what about Adovino? And now Barnes had the positive false COVID test. So people were picking up Adovino last night assuming that Barnes was going to be out because he had initially tested positive, but it turns out it was a false positive and he's all clear, including anybody who had connection with him. Right. Yeah. So how does that, isn't Adovino going to win this job anyways though? Or do you guys, I mean, Eric, you're the resident Red Sox guy here, so I'll go to you first. Yeah. I think initially it's going to be Barnes because he's been there for, he, he might be our longest tenured pitcher at this point. <laughs> he's been here a while. Period. And, uh, I think he's going to get the job at least to start. I like, from a pure just pitching standpoint, I like Ottavino a little more. He, I think he's got better stuff than Barnes does. But So if you're you know in the saves hold league, I would definitely look to Ottavino because I think he's a, a nice bounce back. I was surprised when the Yankees gave him to us. I know I think it was kind of a salary type of thing, but I, I like that we got Ottavino because I still like the arm. I think he's going to be a nice bounce back. But Barnes is going to have to pitch, right? Like He doesn't have this long leash. It's not like he's – you know, this locked in top 10 type of leaf pitcher. He's going to have to pitch, but if he has like a five ERA middle of May, Ottavino is, you know, dominating sub two, something like that. I can see them making the switch because Barnes to me looks more like a seventh, eighth inning guy that's kind of closing because he has to at this point because there wasn't really any better options. Because last year for the Red Sox, it was a constant like revolving door of guys that nobody's ever heard of. Like you think of uh, that Colin McGregor, like who the is that guy meme like that's what was going on for most of the Red Sox season? Um, I thought you were hit the button. I thought you had that sound bit on your board. I thought you, I thought you were hitting the button for that. You know, I but, used to. That was from I had the coming to America drop. Who the fuck is this asshole? I used to have that one. <laughs> I don't, but I had to pull it out because, like I said, there's only 64 sounds. I've got so many sounds. It's tough to know what to keep in. The many sounds I, of Govier. Yeah, I'm, I'm just copying movie takes. That's all I'm doing here. It's not very original at all. But yes, I agree with you. That Adovino is the better pitcher. I don't agree with everything else he said there, but that's okay. We can disagree. Clegg, Adovino or Barnes? Adovino, man. Like I said, I think Barnes probably gets the first crack. His command's just terrible. His walk rates have steadily rose each year. I mean, last year he wasn't very good at all. I mean, near 14% walk rate is not great. I think, like you said, Adovino has better stuff, a little better command. I think he takes the job, but probably cup takes him a couple weeks, couple blow ups from Barnes and you're going to give him a shot, but yeah, I'm out of Vino guy. Yeah. 
Yeah, we'll see how it plays out. Adovino, I think, is the better pitcher right now. Like I agree with what everything you said is true. He will get the opportunity. Barnes will get the chance, and then Adovino will supplant him eventually. Or maybe the Yankees knew something that the Red Sox didn't know. I still find it to be a very curious trade because it was between these two rivals in the division. Right. It's definitely weird. You don't see that every day. No, you don't. You, no, you, you never saw it. We made a deal. I forget who it was. It was like five, six years ago. It was, I think it was an infielder that went from us to them, I think. But before like 2004, that was taboo. Red Sox and Yankees did not trade with each other. Now it's like everyone's all like, there's no rivalry anymore. Everyone's all like, happy-go-lucky. Oh, we, I love that guy. I love that guy. It's like the the rivalry's kind of gotten stale, right? It's, it's great because, I mean, we were winning. Like back when rivalry was the best is when we weren't winning, right? It was, we had our 86-year drought and the Yankees were, you know, the evil empire. But now we've gotten the, the four in the last 16 years. So it's kind of made it so the, you know, the rivalry doesn't have as much importance. But, yeah, making a trade, Red Sox to Yankees, that's – that's still kind of, you know, just in, in division trades in general. You don't really see a lot of those. No. Uh, Kelly Johnson in 2014. The Red Sox got Kelly Johnson. Oh, yes. Kelly Johnson. How could I forget Kelly Johnson? <laughs> Who could forget? Kelly <laughs> Johnson and Brad Miller. Legend. Is there a difference between Brad Miller and Kelly Johnson? I just don't see it. I think they're the same player, I swear. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> oh, and here it is, Eric. Who the fuck is this asshole? There you go. There so you ask and we deliver on the show. You want vulgarity? We got it. You want baseball knowledge? We got it, too. We're talking with Chris Clegg and Eric Cross. Both these guys do their thing on fan tracks. If you don't know who they are and you're listening to my show, I'd be very surprised. I would assume you already know who they are and you don't know who I am. So give it up for these guys. They really know their stuff. At Roto Clegg, C-L-E-G-G on Twitter. Of course, at Eric Cross, 4 on Twitter. Don't forget, we're part of the Rotofanatic Podcast Network. Check out our latest articles, rankings, projections on Rotofanatic. Crosby Spencer's put in a lot of good work. Paul Bamino has an article up about Zach Plesak. And Phil Goyette, he is a prospect guy. He's got the Rookie Ladder article he just put up the other day. Go check that out. Phil's a good dude, and he knows about better-made potato chips and Fago Soda, which he told me today. So I didn't know that. I don't know if that means he's from Michigan or he just knows stuff about Michigan, because that's like the... <laughs> Soda here. The pop of Detroit is Fago. Fago? Um, I've never Fago. heard of that one. F-A-Y-G-O. Fago. Yeah. It's hmm. been around for over 100 years. Wow. Oh, wow. It's, it's always good. interesting to hear about, like, you know, the, the local brands of whatever it may be. Soda, beer, yeah. food, whatever. It's, it's always interesting because, <laughs> you know, southeast, southwest, northeast for me, you know, midwest for you. I, I always like hearing about that stuff. Yeah, when I went to Maryland, uh, I tried... Utz potato chips a lot of like I'd never seen it before. I was like, oh, never seen Utz or Oots or however you say it. U-T-Z. <laughs> Utz is the thing up here. Utz is pretty big up here in Maine. It's what's one of the bigger but the kettle cooked chips are really big up here in Maine. You get the there's a brand called Dirty, a brand called Naked. What a what an interesting name for kettle cooked <laughs> chips. But uh, yeah, kettle cooked <laughs> yeah. chips are really good. I love kettle cooked chips. They have extra crunch. It sounds that. like Clegg's erotic novel. Dirty, naked <laughs> dirty <and> potato <laughs> chips. Dirty in the dugout. <laughs> this is America, Jack. Yeah, it certainly is. And we're talking baseball. It's now time to mix it up and get silly. We're going to get into something we call Enrico's Inquisition, where we ask these guys non-baseball stuff for the most part. So here we go. Would you prefer to deal with a manipulative person or a callous person? Wow, this is deep. Deep into my psyche. Alan Trammell or Lou Whitaker? Oh, I knew you were going to hit me with that. The 1988 Dodgers or the 2020 Dodgers? 
1988, by far. It was the happiest moment like of my sports life. That was my first gut moment. Oh, oh Nelly, get ready for some doozies. Because it's time for everybody's favorite part of the show, Enrico's Inquisition. <laughs> That's right, everybody. It's Enrico's Inquisition. And we're here with Eric Cross and Roto Clegg, Chris Clegg. I'm going to ask you guys right off the bat. Eric Cross, favorite musical group, favorite artist, musical artist. could be a group of artists. I don't care. For me, it's the Foo Fighters. Uh, I'm a big rock guy. Always have been. It's my, my father's influence in listening to, you know, the cla- Ozzy and Led Zeppelin. And I like a lot of classic rock. Basically, any any rock genre of rock I love. But yeah, my number one band is the Foo Fighters. I've seen them three or four four times in concert. Would have been five last year. I was going to go down to a music festival down on the Harvard uh, University Sports Complex grounds, whatever you want to call it. It's, uh, it was uh, called Boston Calling, three-day music festival. And yeah. the three the three headliners were um, Rage Against the Machine, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and the Foo Fighters. So I'm like, it's my my '90s rock kid right there. So yeah, but Foo Fighters. I'm, anything Dave Grohl puts out, if it has the name Grohl on it, I will I will download it. I will buy it without listening to it. The guy's just a rock god. So yeah, Foo Fighters are my favorite band. <laughs> Yeah, it sucks that you didn't get to go to that. Boston Calling is, I think everybody knows. People who go to festivals or they listen to music, they know what Boston Calling is. That's yeah. a huge, that's a big event. Yeah, that, that was a bummer. It was going to be me and uh, six friends. We, we were renting a house for us out of Boston. And it was, it was a whole thing. It was, we were really, really excited for it. It's because of all the bands that were there. It was, it was a great set list. And yeah, that was really, we, we got our money back and whatnot. And um, so that was that was at least a silver lining, but yeah, very very bummed that we didn't go see that because we were all geared. It was like right when we were gearing up for like, all right, that's like two months away. Boom, COVID. <laughs> oh, yeah, worst. slap in the face. <laughs> what about you, Clank? What are you? What's your passion? What do you dig? What do you like to listen to? I go through spurts, like where I have different favorite artists, but like. Well, I'd be made fun of if I say Taylor Swift is probably like the overarching one, like long term <laughs> that I always like. There great. is no, uh, no, what do they call them? Swifties? Guilty pleasures here. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm not a Swiftie, no, but uh, <laughs> there's no guilty pleasures at this place. I mean, I listen to everything. I don't care what it is, and I'll tell anybody. So, yeah, yeah. go for it, man. Say yeah. it loud, say it proud. I am partially a Swiftie. I won't say I'm like a huge Swiftie, but I like Taylor Swift. <laughs> is your wife a Swiftie? Oh yeah, hardcore. Yeah, is it, that's is that where it started? Did she get you into Taylor Swift? Well, you know, I always I like her stuff back when she was first starting too, like before I met my wife. So and then it's catchy, dude. It's we've really been to like three of her concerts, so <laughs> she puts on a good show. That's what I've that's heard. Beautiful. <laughs> I don't really. Who's yours, Michael? Oh man, I mean, I don't even know. It's too much. There's too many things to. Eat. I I don't have. I used to love. I was a big fan of Explosions in the Sky, an instrumental band, hmm. which uh, they did the soundtrack for Friday Night Lights, the movie originally. Oh, wow, okay. And uh, actually, I got a tattoo here. Yeah, I'm one of those guys. Nice. And uh, yeah, those, they were really important. Uh, a 90s band called Hum. They were a really big part of my life growing up. They had a major song back in the 90s called Stars. It's pretty heavy kind of space rock stuff. Great stuff, though. Stars was in a... Actually, Stars was in a Cadillac commercial, so it definitely is mainstream enough. 
Um, I, I bet you I yeah. probably, I can't think of it right now, but if, if I heard it, it might be one of those, like, oh, yeah, I know that song. Yeah, I'd play it right now, but YouTube gets pissed, so I gotta put everything. <laughs> I gotta put all music in post. Yeah, they'll get mad at us. So you know how that goes. Oh yeah, but yeah, I, I, I uh, yeah, I got too many to name. You know, when I throw on the old headset over there on the drum set and I start jamming out, uh, I just usually when I play drums, I want to play heavier stuff or like uh, more up tempo stuff because I don't want to sit there and play Pink Floyd. Even though I love Pink Floyd, I don't want to. Yeah, Pink Floyd's great. Pink Floyd drumming is kind of bland. So, right. But the guitar, I wish I, if I was a guitarist, I'd love it. Yeah, right. I wish I would have gotten into drums. That's kind of one thing I regret, you know, from growing up was not getting into, you know, playing an instrument. And if I did, it probably would have been drums because you know, I think I got, got a good beat to, I don't think I could do guitar. Like my hands couldn't take that, but <laughs> I, I think I could be, you know, I think drums would be something I would have enjoyed. Maybe I'll pick it up here soon. Um, maybe that'll be a, you know, a midlife type of thing. Well, not midlife. I'm only 30. <laughs> I can't start saying midlife. I'm 30. But, uh, yeah. maybe some people I'll have pick midlife up when they're 20s. You never know. Right. So. It'll be, maybe it'll be an adult thing. I pick up an adult thing. But uh, yeah, definitely. I wish I would have been a drummer growing up. Cause I tried drums. I'm, I'm pretty musically inclined. And I tried drums like keep rhythm. I couldn't get all four things. Like I can do the hands, but I couldn't do the feet at the same time. I always tried. How old me were out. you when you did that? When you first did uh, it was It was probably like when I was like 17, 18. Because like, I played guitar for a long time. So like, I'm going to take up drums. And then yeah. I just couldn't do it, man. It was it was tough. I probably could have had lessons, but never had lessons or anything. But yeah, wish I had. You know, I think the earlier you can get started on something like that, the more mm. likely it is for you to get it. Because I I was in bands in middle school, just like middle school bands, mm-hmm. and I was playing the French horn because they forced me to, and <laughs> that was all the we need a French hornist, Michael, and I was very accommodating, so. Uh, but eighth grade, I finally said, I'm done with this. I want to play percussion. So that's how I learned in when I was 13 to do all the basic moves, how to handle the sticks and how to roll it and all that. And that, I believe that makes a difference because I never had a drum set until I was 24. They never, I mean, my parents would never let me have one. You know, it's, it's loud, obviously. And I uh, finally saved up for one in my 20s and I still had it. I still, it was like in me and I just progressed from there. So nice. I think there's something to that. I really do. But that doesn't mean, Eric, I, also, you could still start at this age and pick it up. Yeah. Like like Clegg said, if you took lessons and I, one thing I've learned about doing this podcast, like it's never too late for anything. You know, I'm, te- right. I'm 40. Uh, technically, I'm 40. But like, I don't look at life like that so much. Like, oh, I'm 40. I, no, I. but technically I am. And I could have allowed that to get in my way and say, eh, I'm too old to start doing this. But I didn't. I just right. It's never too late for anybody. Anybody out there listening to this, anybody seeing this, you can do anything you want to do. And I know that sounds cheesy and it sounds trite, but if you really have a passion for it, you can make it happen. It might not go the way you want it to go, but you can do it. Yeah, and you'll reg- you'll regret not trying later on in life, right? Oh, yes. Yep. Yeah. Even if, even if it doesn't work out, you better better to have tried it and failed at it than not tried it at all. 100%. Oh, so good. You're listening to Deep Thoughts with Jack Handy here on the <laughs> Philosophical Podcast. Now, we're talking in Rico's Inquisition. We actually have a quick comment here from a fan, Sam Jacobowitz. Here he is. He said he traded Blackman for Max Freed. What do you think? Well, let's go to our resident Braves expert, Chris Clegg. Instant analysis. Blackman for Freed. No format. Nothing else given. Yeah, I think it's format dependent, but I would honestly, it may not be for me. Like, I think that it's a good deal especially for Dynasty. Like, if you, getting anything for Blackman right now in Dynasty is a huge plus. I tried to trade him in my home Dynasty League for two years. 
and I can't get anything other than like a draft pick, which I don't want for him. Like he still produces, like give me something. But yeah, I mean, I would say it's a good deal in Dynasty, really good deal in Dynasty actually, and a, a good deal in redraft as well. Like who knows what Blackman's going to give us this year? Hard to say, but I think Freed's, Freed's pretty consistent. I think you know what you're going to get with him. Not a ton of strikeouts, but he, I mean, he limits hard contact extremely well, keeps the ball on the ground, solid starting pitcher. So I'd say good job. Yeah, you might be stuck with Freed forever. It's just going to be part of your existence. But Blackman, if he still plays over at Coors, then you have the opportunity to score some runs, get some RBIs, some home runs. But if he gets traded out of Coors, you're screwed. So Blackman for Freed, real quick, Cross, what do you think? I like it. You know, I'm not the biggest free guy I like Freed. I think he, he is what he is at this point. I don't think there's that that, that next level. I don't think he's gonna be a fantasy ace or anything like that, but. Yeah, Blackman's definitely on the on the decline. The, the speed is almost evaporated; doesn't run much at all anymore, which was a big part of his game, right? And yeah, the power has kind of turned it up at the same time. But you know, that lineup is slowly like Arenado's gone. You know, Story might be leaving, so that lineup is starting starting to lose some of those pieces. So not as many big names behind him to drive him in. But I still like Blackman. I think he's still a serviceable guy this year. That's just underrated because oh, he's in his thirties, doesn't run anymore. People kind of look away from Blackman, but. I still think he's a solid player, but I definitely would have made that trade too. So, yeah, good deal. There you go, Sam. Direct from their mouths. All right, uh, we had an addition to this question. It used to just be curveballs or sliders, but Michael Simeon, he's like, what about changeups? So now it's officially curveballs, sliders, or changeups. And maybe somebody will say next, what about splitters? What about <laughs> forkballs? They're like, no, all right, we're not going there. We're cutting it off balls. at these three pitches sliders, curveballs, changeup. Chris Clegg. Which one of those three do you prefer? And if so, is there a pitcher that you enjoy the most? Hmm. God, now you got me thinking. Cross, do you have an immediate answer? We can let Craig think here. I, I do, and it's not the answer I would have given five years ago. But the pitch I have more and more appreciation for every single year is the changeup. I think I think you need to have a good changeup. You know, maybe you know, a splitter can kind of... You, know, you can mix in a splitter instead. Some pitchers do that, but I love a good change. Like Luis Castillo's changeup is, is absolutely filthy. I, I don't know if you want to call it a changeup. It's more like a screwball, but Devin Williams, whatever you want to call that. You know, Rob Friedman pitching in, he calls it the airbender, you know, something like that. But growing up as a Red Sox fan and watching arguably the best changeup of all time from Pedro Martinez, like that thing, you know, he'd, he'd pump you 95, 96. And then from the same arm slot, same arm speed. And it's one of those Bugs Bunny chains that just drops off. It was just so beautiful to watch. And I didn't appreciate it as much at that time as I probably should have. Because I was, you know, Pedro was here. He was here when I was like eight, you know, seven years old to like 15 years old. So I didn't appreciate it as much as I should have at that point. But just going back and watching film of him or, you know, um, Glavin had a good changeup. These really good changeups and really just neutralize a hitter. So. That, that, that's my thing. I, I love curves and sliders, too. Like, a backdoor, the old backdoor curve, I love it. But I think change is my, my answer. Yeah, Johan Santana, I bring his change up, too. Johan, yes. a living off that. that was, Cole Hamels, that was his... too. Cole Hamels, great change Oh, that's a, oh, I didn't think about Cole Hamels. All right, Clegg, we're back to you now. Have you made your decision? Yeah, my first, my good instinct was a slider, so I'm going to stick with that. And Patrick Corbin, you know, he's, we've, a lot of people faded him, but he's got one of the best sliders in the game, so. Filthy slider. Yep, the slider's extremely good. He may not have a lot else to go with it, but slider's really, really good. If you can throw it every time and people not catch on, then it might work for him. But, yeah, slider's my first instinct. We'll stick with that. 
Oh, I love it. That's a good call. We've not heard that on the show once. That's a. Those are a couple of fresh takes. So very, very well done, guys. I appreciate that. I actually got a trade offer in my home league, which is a head-to-head league. Five by five cats. OBP, though, instead of average. And the guy offered me Corbin for Mark Canna. And I declined it because I really like Mark Canna. And I don't like Corbin that much. And I think pitching this is also it's a very small bench. There's only four bench spots. There's a lot of pitching on the wire. So I'm like, I fade pitching in that league. And Mark Canna in OBP league in particular gets more love for me. 100%. Yep. All right, uh, a couple more. Would you? Uh, let's go back to Eric here. Would you rather be stabbed or arrested? Oh, jeez. <laughs> Tough. Ca- caught me off guard. Stabbed or arrested? <laughs> I guess. Yeah, that'll wake you up. I mean, I, I need I need more info. Like, where am I getting stabbed? What am I getting arrested for? <laughs> no no context. It... <laughs> no context. That's it. We just yeah, give the basics. I guess it's. I guess assuming it was maybe I'll go arrested if it's like a misdemeanor or something stupid. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I guess. That's not something I thought you were gonna ask. You kind of caught me off guard with that <laughs> one. But yeah, stab can cause all sorts of later on life issues. I guess arrested could too. But yeah, I guess I'll go. I guess I'll go arrested. No, you could be fine. Tommy Pham's back playing. He's ready to That's go. That's true. Mm-hmm. Maybe if I would get like, stabbed in like you know the calf or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, not like, not like midsection area. That's where it gets like dicey. <laughs> what about you, Clegg? Probably arrested. I don't know if I want to be stabbed. I just don't think it'd feel good. And then no. you mentioned Fam, dude. His scar is brutal, man. Where he got he got torn yeah, up. Was... He did. Oh. It's it's a big ass scar. It's no yeah. joke. It's a real deal. Money. But <laughs> apparently, uh, he was in good shape. I guess so. He had good abs. They were tough to cut through. Maybe I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> abs, how that works. Yeah, abs of steel are tough to tough, yeah, tough get that steel. knife through. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the knife was. Was it a Rambo knife? Who knows? I wasn't there, but it does look nasty. I will say that. All right, we got to wrap this up and move on forward. We got to talk more baseball, so let's go with love or money. Chris Clegg, love or money? Oh, man. Uh, probably love. Yeah, money's great, but love's, love's better. Love, you know, I want to show love to everybody. So that's, that's one thing in the fantasy baseball community, man. We need more love, a lot of hate out there. So I'm going to show love. I, I, would have to, I would have to agree, love, but... You know, as a as a father, money is very important. <laughs> <laughs> about to find that out. You factor, yeah, you'll find that out soon. Uh, a couple months, yeah, but yeah, you factor in money. You know, it gets a lot more important than when you were just True. some like young twenties single guy. You know, where you know money's whatever, and it's, you're yeah. looking for love, right? But yeah, it's uh, I, I just love the love. But yeah, need 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 some money in your life too. Yeah, save it up, baby <laughs> man. Stellar guys. Little Garrett Hampson leg. <laughs> Eric told me how to name him uh, Garrett Tucker for Kyle Tucker and Garrett Hampson. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm, your wife and I were gonna have this talk, Craig. I, Chris, I'm, I'm gonna talk to your wife, and we're gonna. Okay, what do I, what do I gonna do to get you to name your kid this? Her and I will have that talk. <laughs> She, she never met me, never talked to me, but we're gonna have to talk about her, her <laughs> soon-to-be child's name. <laughs> so you, uh, yeah. So you're uh, expecting then, huh? Four weeks, man. Four, Four weeks. weeks. Wow. A little wow, nervous, man. That's wonderful. <laughs> oh, you should be nervous. Yeah, that's a huge commitment. It's the yeah. ultimate commitment, man. It's the biggest responsibility any person could ever have. But so it's a but, good thing that you are nervous. Yeah. First child too. So. It's it's the best commitment though. You know, yeah. like I'm, I'm gonna tell you, Chris. You know, I'm I'm okay to admit this. When you first hold your child, you're gonna you're gonna ball your eyes out, dude. 
like all yeah. the emotion that goes through the birthing process and, and yeah. you get to hold your little, you know, your kid there. It's like, it's the best feeling in the freaking world, man. It really is. Yeah. I can only imagine. You out so. there? We'll see. I'm joking. Leanne doesn't want to have kids, so. Uh, we're we're not gonna have kids, but that's cool. So that's fine. She's no, an unusual woman. Does. Yeah, I'm just I was trying to freak her out though. I try to I try to make jokes about we should have a kid now. And she'll start. <laughs> we're breaking up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm kidding. I'm it, kidding. It's it's not for everybody, but yeah. Well, yeah, it's a curiosity of life too, though. I mean, it's not a good idea to have a kid just because you're curious about it, though. That's not a right. good enough reason. I wouldn't say. Right. So. Yeah, but uh. Chris, that's wonderful news. I hope everything goes well. And Thank you, uh, man. you guys nothing but the best on that. Really. Appreciate that's that. Good stuff. Anytime. This is a, hey, it's Rico Palazzo, Fantasy Baseball Podcast, part of the Road Fanatic Podcast Network. Palazzo Podcast or ProtonMail.com. Palazzo Podcast on Twitter. Two L's, two Z's. You talk. Give me two. And that just reminded me. I wanted to say congratulations to some new writers. Uh, Fangraphs added some contributors today, and a lot of people got some new opportunities. And in particular, wanted to say shout out. Congratulations to our girl, Sarah Sanchez. She officially is a Fangraphs contributor. She's a three-time participant on the show. She's one of our regular guests that we love having on. And I wanted to let her know, Deary, if he was here, he would say the same thing. Congratulations, Sarah. Job well done. I know she's very happy and excited about it. So well done on your Fangraphs opportunity. And we got number love for you, Sarah. Well done. Yeah. You're here. Absolutely. All right, it's time to talk a little bit more fantasy baseball, and then we'll wrap the show up and get the hell on out of here and move on with our lives. This is it for the final time. Before the season starts Thursday on opening day, we're going to talk some ADP. It's hard to believe, and you feel like it never would. I felt like it would never end. I thought I'd talk about ADP for the rest of my days, and it would just be a natural part of every conversation I had going forward, but that is not always the case, and... This will be the last time. Uh, any parting thoughts on ADP, Clegg? Sad we won't talk about it anymore, but hey, <laughs> new adventures. <laughs> new adventures. Yeah. Uh, do you think that ADP is overhyped or underhyped, or do you think it is it properly used in the marketplace? Because there's a lot of people who don't properly use it, but then there's people who do use it. And maybe this is a personal context type of question, but for you, Clegg, is it something that you rely on at least to know the situation you're getting into? Or do you really just make your own rankings and you stick by them? You don't care about ADP. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, like I would rather just stick to my my rankings, my guys. But at a certain point also, like ADP is important. So I'm not going to jump the gun by like 50 spots early on in the draft. Like if I know the guy's ADP is like 75, I'm not going to take him at pick 30. Now you get later in the draft and ADP can be anywhere. Like, you know, after a certain point, it's just like, just get your guys. But I think earlier on, it is important because you, you don't want to make a, a dumb choice. Even if I have that guy, the 75th ADP guy valued as my 30th guy, I'm still not going to go that early on. I may go 50 on him, 60 on him, but I'm not going to go – 50 spots ahead of ADP. So I think it's important there, but I think sometimes it does get overblown a little bit. And some people are just too strict in following it. Because I want to fit in. We all do. We just want to, you know, look like we know what we're doing. So ADP has that. Well, let's play the ADP song and we'll talk more about it. These are the questions we're still asking ourselves right. to this good. day. Ryan Presley. By the way, I really like Ryan Presley this year. Uh, I do too. I think he's, I think he's, he's a top guy. 10 closer for sure. 
yeah, I think you could take him in the hundreds, early 100, and then skip on the elite closers. Maybe get similar exact return on investment. I got sniped on him in that draft. I just finally finished up. I got sniped on him earlier, so I was very bummed about that. That I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Hey, sometimes. Could it what? Sitting on ass? Just wasted time, and you maybe you blow it. But when you get sniped, it hurts because you had an intention, and you wanted to carry it out, and it just didn't go that way. But that's part of drafting. That's part of the whole experience. We're going to miss drafting. Drafting is over here in a couple days, at least when we're doing tonight's show on a Monday night, three days away from opening day. First pitch is at 105 Eastern time. Yankees, Blue Jays, I think it's the first game. Uh, or maybe there's a couple games going off in a row. I've checked the schedule. But I believe so. I believe you are right. Looking forward to it. All right, so let's finally, because there are people who are still drafting, so they want to get your opinions on this. So I'm going to give you a couple of players here, and then you tell me who you prefer. These are groupings that happen often in drafts. It's not a surprise. We're all making these decisions. That's why ADP is useful, because it gives us a rough estimate. And if it's useful for anything, it's useful for giving people insight into what some of the pros, like you guys, think. So that's why I use ADP. But that's about it. So let's say uh, we're in a, we're doing a roto context. Let's keep it simple. Roto context, standard five by five. You know, wins all that jazz. And let's say it's we're about ten rounds in, and we're looking to get a closer. And I was just talking about this. Would you rather have <clears throat> not eight rounds in, maybe Kenley Jansen, James Karinchak, or Brad Han? Han, Karinchak, or Jansen? Let's go to you, Clegg. I'm going hand, and a lot of people have faded him. They says his velocity was down, which it was overall last year. But if you look at the trend chart, I mean, his velocity did trend up towards the end of the year. And even this spring, like, it's not like what it once was. But he's still sitting in 92. I'm not really worried about him. I mean, you saw what he did last year. He was dominant. And he's got a clear role. I don't think Aaron Shack has a clear role. Kinley, I mean, the Dodgers bullpen is absolutely elite. So, you know, if, he's, if he stumbles, they can throw in anybody. So I do think Kinley keeps the job, though. But uh, hands my pick there. Wow, cross for me. So I, I had my choice between the, these two. You know, earlier, if you asked me this a month ago, I think I would have said James Karinchak. I'm, I was a big Karinchak guy. How can he not? This the super elite strikeout right, and he still has that right. Like I think he has 19 strikeouts and like nine and a third this spring but he also has like 10 walks or something like that so and then you know nick wickren is breathing down his neck and he's becoming a kind of that trendy late rounds saves kind of speculative target there so i think i gotta go to jansen and i'm not even the highest around on kenley jansen but he just had the role for so long i think he would have to really really struggle like five plus era struggle to get yanked out of that role because I think they have a lot of confidence. I think Dave Roberts has a lot of confidence in Kenley Jansen. And then, you know, he's still pitching, you know, kind of the stuff is kind of kind of trending down a little bit, but not like too much, right? Like he still had, you know, a 333 ERA last year. He actually allowed the lowest exit velocity of his entire career last year, had an XBA under 200. So, you know, still got the stuff there. Um, hand, it would be a close second. I am a little worried about that. Um, and he, he has a, was it Tanner Rainey kind of breathing on his neck too? But so I'd say Jansen by, a hair over Brad Hand. Would anything change if it was a hold saves league? I mean, if one of these guys lose, lose their job, they could still get holds. But would any one of these three guys become more valuable on the surface if it was hold saves, or is it still the same deal? Oh, yeah. Garen checks yeah. by and far the best in that format. 
I mean, Absolutely. I think he's getting holds guaranteed. Don't know if he's getting saves guaranteed. And he's got the best stuff. He's the best pitcher of all of them. Yeah, but that like so that strikeout right is just so valuable. So yeah, if you factor in holds, I think I'd, I would go back to Krenjack there. Okay, good stuff. <clears throat> We're talking ADP here with Clegg and Cross live and uncensored on the Hands Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. All right, let's say we moved on a couple rounds later. We're still filling out our roster here. Eh, I got bad news, guys. We got to take a catcher at some point. We just we got to have our, our do, catcher. Do we? <laughs> do we? It's debatable. It's very, very debatable. But let's say we've made that agreement. Let's say we're co-managing and we decided we got to get a catcher. So between these three guys, which would you rather have? Would you rather have Sean Murphy of the Oakland A's? Austin Nola or James McCann? Uh, let's go with Cross first. That's tough. I think I think I'm gonna go Sean Murphy just because he I think he's just locked into a starter's role because he's a very good, he's one of the best defensive catchers in baseball. So I think this I lock him in, even if he struggles, I think he's not gonna be kind of dipped out of that lineup because of the value he can bring on the defensive side of things. And I think he's an underrated bat too. And I think I even underrated him as a prospect because I mean, he's a, he was a catcher, didn't have like state. And I usually do that with catchers that aren't Adley Brushman good. Right. I, I kind of <laughs> tend to drop them down a little bit because, you know, for the most part, like, all right, even the best ones are like about 260, 15 home runs. But uh, I think he's got, he can think he can hit for a decent average. He won't be a kind of crater there. I don't think he's gonna be like a 220 type of hitter. I think he'll give you a decent average 15 to 20 home runs. Oakland's lineup could be sneaky good this year. So He'll probably hit, I don't know, I don't know where they have him, maybe fifth or something like that, somewhere near the middle. But yeah, I, I like McCann too, but I think I'll give the slight nod here to uh, Sean Murphy. Gotta agree. Murphy's a guy I've been taking a lot of places. He's, I mean, hit the ball really? extremely hard last year. He had an average exit velocity of 92.2 mile an hour, solid launch angle right at 15 degrees, consistently hit the sweet spot. I mean, the average is, was kind of rough last year, but. I do think that that kind of bounces back. I don't really see him as a sub 250 hitter. I mean, we saw in the minors him hitting for solid average. And so I think that that can translate over. I think maybe he's 250, 260, and he's got good pop. So uh, like you mentioned, he he probably gets the most played appearances of that group, even though McCann, you know, with the Mets, how much they paid McCann, it's possible they do roll with him and give him most at bats. But we'll see. No, I definitely like Murphy. Yeah, he hit seventh today in the final yeah. spring training game. That doesn't necessarily mean that's where he'll be, but I'm not surprised if that's where he will be in the lineup. And Tyler Soderstrom's no threat right now either, so it's Murphy's job. Nobody pressing on him. Those I do like Soderstrom in Dynasty. Is yeah. that crazy? Oh, no. He's he's one of the best prep hitters in the class, so I like him a lot. Hmm. Yep. Yay! All yeah, right, that's, so he's a, maybe, maybe, maybe he doesn't stick a catcher, but yeah, he's a great bat. Maybe he's a third baseman outfielder. We'll see. But definitely one of the more potent bats in that draft class. Uh, Let's say we're closing out our draft here, and we're trying to get somebody with multi-positional eligibility because you can't have enough of those guys play a little bit infield, a little bit of outfield. Now, there's going to be a guy in here that's going to be obvious to Mm -hmm. you, Cross, but... You know, maybe he won't choose him. So let's say it's between Garrett Hampson, who could play second I knew or you're outfield. Going. I knew you were going. I mean, I got to throw him in there too because I love him. But would you rather have JD Davis, Garrett Hampson, or David Fletcher? No, no, no. I mean, sorry, Dubon. Sorry, Dubon. So Dubon, Hampson, or Davis? Dubon, 
Hampson or J.D. Davis? Uh, Clegg, let's go back to you first. Oh, oh, that's so tough. I worry about Davis. I think Davis, like from a skill standpoint, is the best, but I definitely worry about his playing time some. Dubon, is he going to hit the bottom of that lineup? That's kind of my concern. Did you not buy into this spring training from Dubon? Or? I mean, yeah, he's, he's been really solid, hasn't he? But does uh, that – does no, not everybody buys into spring training stats Right, either. It is spring training. Right. No, I mean, it's like – it's one of those, like, double-edged swords. Like, for some guys, it's, like, really important. Like, you want to see stuff out of other guys. But, no, I, I really haven't tracked Dubon that closely to see exactly what he's done. Um, I think Dubon is guaranteed the most at-bats, though. Of all those guys, I worry about the Rockies with Hampson. If they would just let him play, I think Hampson's skill sets can be the best of them. But I don't know. I, I, Davis is definitely not playing, so I'm going to go Dubon. God, that bums me out. I really love JD Davis. I think he's very talented. He and he still has the best yet to give. But the Mets are a mess roster wise. I know they let a lot of people go down to AAA or they cut him out but there's still a lot going on there. So I, I don't necessarily disagree with you, but I'm sad to hear it out loud because it pains me. I could be wrong. I mean, they've got it. Like roster resource hasn't penciled in at third, but I don't know. We'll see. What do you think? Cross is Hampson Davis or Dubon. I mean, if I could guarantee that Hampson will get enough at bats, I'd mm-hmm. say him just because of the, the speed he brings. But as we know with the Rockies, that's far from a sure thing. Even, you know, looking at roster resource, they don't have him as a starter right now. And at, I do think he does get maybe like, you know, 400 to 500 plate appearances this year. I, I think I'll go JD Davis. I don't know. I, I don't see, I don't see Villar, you know, VR factoring in too much. And, you know, I don't really like, you look at their bench. They, they fill their bench with some guys, but like, I'm not a big you know, VR guy anymore. I think he's more of a fantasy asset, you know, than a, a better real life player, you know, Albert Amora Jr., Kevin PR, you know, I don't think, you know, Luis, uh, I always butcher that last name, Guillaume, I think this is how you say that. I don't see anybody like he's better than all those guys. Right. So I, I, I think as long as he gets off to a decent start and doesn't kind of tank and hit like 220 and this remains respectable, I think he'll keep that job and play maybe, you know, maybe VR, eats in a little bit right but i think not to the point where davis is not rosterable anymore and i think you know the the i think there's a good chance for a bounce back from him he's probably hitting lower in the lineup but that's not really a bad thing you know hitting sixth or seventh in that type of lineup where he'll have like mcneil and dom smith and pete alonzo probably right in front of him you know james mccann right behind him probably that's still that's a really good lineup you know one through eight so i think i'll go jd davis here unfortunately i have to go against my, my boy hampson but I just the Rockies need to play him, and they're just they're not doing that. But he's he he, did, he performed very well this spring. He was still a ton of base. I think he was one of the top uh, stolen base guys this spring. Uh, let me pull that up here. Yeah, he actually, he's a good game today. Yeah, he had seat second in in spring training and steals with six behind Sam Haggerty of the Mariners. So you know, hitting two ninety four, you know, eight walks to eleven Ks. He's performing well, but they're just. Don't, don't seem like they want to play him and use him in more of like a utility backup kind of role. So we'll see, but I'll go Davis here. Fool this man! Wow, violent. Violent reaction here from the audience. I got to tell you, both of you guys made a lot of sense there, and to parse this out is still quite a mystery. That's what 
opening day is all about, though. In the first 10 days, first couple of weeks, we start to see how things shake out. That's when the lineups are most interesting. You know, by the time May rolls around, I don't really give a shit about lineups that much anymore because I kind of we will know the routine. We'll know what's going yeah. on. But it's going to be very interesting to see how the Mets, um, even the team like the Mariners, there's a lot of teams who have these interesting pieces and how they're going to fit. Even my own Tigers, I don't they're crazy. So <laughs> good calls. Good good points from all you guys there. We'll leave it at that on the ADP so we can close that out and we'll move forward here because we got to keep it moving. We got to keep it moving. We got to keep it moving, as Method Man would say. Outro the song here on the Hands Rico Plaza Fantasy Baseball Podcast. It's Kyle Tucker, top 30. Should I pitch out with Mondesi? Matt Muncy, should I wait on closers or track Ryan Presley? Ryan Presley, shout out to you, man. I hope you're doing well out there thinking about you. The song is really about Ryan Presley. And there's no doubt about it. All right. Uh, well, I don't, we're not going to do this whole segment on prospects because I want to cut it for time, but I will make it simple in this way. Just give me one guy that maybe isn't obvious who could have a 2021 impact. 2021 impact from a prospect point of view. And if it's maybe if it's someone you love that is obvious, that's fine too. I don't care, but I just want to keep this brief so we can move forward. Uh, Cross, let's start with you. One prospect in 2021 that's going to be like... You know what? Solid season, or at least someone that you could have in a redraft league and roster. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll stick with my my hometown Red Sox here. Go Jaron Duran. He's probably going to be up, you know, May June, probably definitely in the first half of the season. It's like I kind of alluded to earlier that Red Sox outfield is not locked in stone. Right, Verdugo's there, but Renfro's no lock. You know, the Franchi Cordero is kind of to be determined. See what he, what he gives. So th- there's Pretty a good path. Spring. Yeah, pretty good spring, <laughs> um, but there there is a path for him for Jaron Duran to come up, and you know I think he has that type of profile that could provide some solid fantasy value because he's got the speed, the hit tools there. He's always hit for a high average outside of his double A stint in 2019, but for the most part, he's shown that he can hit for a high average. Give you and this could be like a 25 steal guy over a full season, and the pop is trending up. That's something that you know we, we hear those reports from the alt site in, in 2020 that. And he changed the hand slot, and that was unlocking some more power. He was driving the ball more in the air. And then we saw that, you know, he had a couple bombs this spring. I'm like, all right, that stuck. That was something I wanted to see. Like, will that stick in game action? And it looked like it did this spring. So adding that little bit of pop, or he's probably not more than a 15 homer guy at most. But, you know, if you can get that 10 to 15 home run range over full season with the average and the speed, but just the speed for this year, the speed alone, I think could be, you know, valuable. He's, you know, speed is kind of on the decline, right? There's not the as many of the you got like I think it was uh was it ATC projections from Ariel Cohen had like Montessi at like 52 steals or whatever it was. Then there was like a massive gap to like you know a couple guys that are like around 30, 31. So there's not as much speed as there used to be. So you gotta find it where you can get it. I think Durant can give you some sneaky good speed this year and hopefully a good average as well. All right. Well, I like that. You're being honest and direct, and we appreciate that. What about you, Clegg? What do you got? Well, I think Cabrian Hayes is too obvious. It's kind of a guy that I've really begun to love. So I'm going to go with a less obvious one that's not really being drafted, but I think he's going to be up early, and that's uh, Seattle Mariners pitcher Logan Gilbert. Uh, he was my, I, he's my other one I was going to go with. So. Yeah. I, I really thought that Gilbert wouldn't be up till like July originally, but it seems like they want to pr- be pretty aggressive with his promotion, like maybe late April, early May. And the dude's a player. Like he's his arsenal's pretty deep with four pitches. He's got the fastball, slider, curve, and change. And the fastball gets up there, man. It it gets up to 97 and he commands it so well. It's impressive 
how well he commands his fastball. It's got good ride to it. Hey, if he locates these pitches well at the big league level, he's going to be highly successful because his arsenal is very deep. And you've seen what he's done in the minor leagues. He's just been absolutely dominant and really don't expect that to taper off. Yeah, there's an adjustment when you get to the big league level, obviously. Different world, but when you command the ball as well as he does with that kind of arsenal, that kind of velo, and it's easy velo too. And he's bigger boys, 6'6", 225, so got a lot of strength. He gets that natural like extension, good release point, gets a lot of downhill playing and good velocity. And I think Gilbert's going to be a guy that next year, I think you actually said this, Eric, the other night that you thought that he would be a guy that we drafted around Ian Anderson's spot this time next year. And that wouldn't surprise me a bit. Like he's, he's that good. And you look at the kind of impact that Ian Anderson came up and made Sixto came up and made like Gilbert's equally as good as those guys. So he has a chance to have that big impact. And when he does come up, the fab's going to be probably nuts on him. So try to be like a week early on him if you can, because he's going to go for a lot of money. Well done. I know a guy who's going to be very excited about the Duran possibilities that Cross mentioned. Zach Waxman loves him some Duran. So we'll see how that plays out for him. And Logan Gilbert was a guy that I didn't think was redraft reality. but I didn't think so until about a month ago. No, yeah, you're right. I mean, let's be honest. The stuff that Mather said, the guy who got fired, the president, he let the cat out of the bag. And we are basing some of our assumptions on that, but we're also seeing this from other areas too. People are confirming that they like him a lot and he's being drafted as such in draft and holds people are drafting him. And that's a, again, a draft and hold is a format where you have no fab. It's it. You have the players you have for the year. So taking Gilbert in a draft and hold tells me a lot. And his ADP went up enough. I think I buy into that. Clegg. I don't see why not. I really do. I actually, I took him last round of that draft. I just finished it tonight just because <laughs> it was deep. It was deeper benches. And, you know, I think we had like 10 or 11 bench spots, so a little bit deeper bench. I'm like, I, I can take a, you know, a flyer on him. Hopefully he's up early in the season. I love Logan Gilbert. Genius, genius, genius. Oh, you're smarter than everybody else, Eric. It's obvious. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I won't, won't go that far, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's in. It's been said on a podcast. So that's proof. It's true. That's how it works. Don't you know that? Believe everything you hear on the internet and or podcasts. That's the old saying, right? (laughs) Yes, sir. All right. Let's quickly do insane fantasy takes. Insane fantasy takes. Why are you taking that player? Insane fantasy takes. Why are you taking that player? I don't know. Why are you taking that player? But these are basically your bold predictions, uh, season-long predictions about players. We'd like to keep it from a fantasy perspective, not from an overall baseball perspective. It's real simple. Just call your shot. Give us something you think's going to happen. You know, make it wild. You can make it crazy. If you're not a wild and crazy guy and you want to keep it tame, then we respect who you are as a person, and that's okay, too. Let's start with you, Eric Cross. Give us something that we can really sink our teeth into now. I, I got a couple I was thinking of. Uh, I'll go with my, my favorite one. That's something I just tweeted about earlier tonight. I think Corey Seager's have finished as a top 10 player this year. You look at he since the start of the 2020 season, he has not stopped hitting. He was like 96th or better percentile and you know all the the metrics, right? All the, it was barrel rate, exit velocity, hard hit, X Woba, XBA, X slug. The guy is just mashing. You know, last year was, you know, I think he had like 15 home runs in 52 games, hit eight more in the in the postseason, hit seven more this spring. You know, I don't like to factor in spring trading stats too much, but if you take since the start of 2020, include the postseason and include spring training, and then extrapolate that over 162 games, he was, he was like a 309 average, 54 home runs, 
130-something RBI. Yeah, he doesn't add any speed, obviously, but I think he can be just so, so damn good in the other four categories, especially hitting in the middle. He's a hit probably right between Mookie and, Cor- and uh, Cody, oh, called Corey, Cody Bellinger. So that, that Dodgers lineup is loaded. He's entering his physical prime. He's going to be 27 at some point this season. So I think, it's, I think this is going to be the best season yet from Corey Seager, and he's a guy that we're drafting like back into the first round next year. I don't know how insane that is, though, but I just love Corey Seager this year a lot. Hey, you, set, you set the tone, and now we'll see what Clegg can do. Clegg, give us something. I'll go with an insane one that I know Eric won't agree with because we had a little we had a disagreement on is it, it on the is this class now? It's about Tyler Glassnell. <laughs> Tyler Glassnell finishes a top five starting pitcher for fantasy. It's insane. This, this, it's it is what it is. It's an insane fantasy take, <laughs> but I'm going to go with it because Glassnell has the stuff. He needs a third pitch. He's worked on a third pitch. He just needs to throw it more. And Eric will tell me that he's only got to throw it 4% of the time this year. Will. <laughs> but I'm going to say that he he realizes he finally gets it this year. He's like, I need a third pitch, and he makes it happen. He's He's been dominant. I mean, we know he's got the strikeout stuff. He struck out 27 guys, 14 spring innings last year. His strikeout rate was 38%. Like He's going to give you an absolute ton of strikeouts. The The walk rates are, are fine. They're They're not great. But they're fine. I do. I really do think that Glassnell takes the next step. He's more than capable. He's got the stuff. I, I will say that slider does look impressive, though. I it will say it does look really. But then good. again, like it's like Groundhog Day. Like this many other years in the past, like oh that changeup looks good or that splitter <laughs> looks good, and he throws it three percent of the time, and all of a sudden it's some bad pitch. So yeah, I I agree that that could happen. Like he's got the stuff, like the fastball, the curveball, that slider or a cutter, whatever he wants to call. It. I think it's calls it a slider he called it a slutter uh, the slutter slider cutter (laughs) slider cutter yeah um if if that sticks and he can throw that just 10 to 15 percent of the time i think he that could happen i'm just it's like i've seen this movie before (laughs) it's i'm i hope he's got all the talent in the world i love watching him pitch so i i hope that this this comes true but he's there right now right i hope he does too because honestly like in a lot of my drafts, I haven't been comfortable where some starting pitchers are going, and so I've ended up with a lot of glass now, like as as my SP one. So I'm hoping he's I'm putting my money where my mouth is. I'm hoping it pays yeah, off. That you are, yeah. That's <laughs> what we like to hear. Yeah, you're not backing down, and you're putting yourself into it. You got something invested in it, yeah. and that's what people respect. So win or lose, I'll still respect you at the end of the day. I am concerned because I've had people on this podcast all off season telling, you know, Bubba came on this bench with Bubba, and he was really just ripping him apart did not think he was gonna have a good year and he gave out a really well thoughtful case if you go back and listen to that episode toby and batflip crazy came on the show with bubba that was about a month or so ago and he made some interesting and fair arguments about tyler glass now just being overhyped so you like him he doesn't eric doesn't love it so much i don't love it so much i think i drafted glass now in the better ball roto thing i did with tyler uh, what's uh, with Mike Alexander last week, and that was unusual for me. I don't really have any shares, but I took a chance because sometimes you got to take a chance. I don't know everything, so it's going to go one way or the other. It's, he's not going to end up like right around ADP value. He's going to either be really good or it's going to be really bad. So yeah. no in between yeah. with him. He's one of those like wide range of outcome players. Yep. That, very very <laughs> well, just, yeah. one of the sights of guys in the industry. Yeah. Well, last year insane. I brought this up before. Ask for oh, insane. Ahead. I went insane. You did, man. Hell yes. Thank you for living up to the hype. Insane fantasy takes. 
Last year, I made a bet with Matt Williams about who would finish higher in the Razzball player raider, uh, Trevor Bauer or Tyler Glass now. And I easily won that bet with Trevor Bauer. Uh, I mean, I didn't even think he'd be that good. I like right? Trevor Bauer. <laughs> I don't think anybody thought he'd be that good, but yeah. Yeah, he- so this year, I've, I don't know. I think things change too. I actually might like Glass now better this year now that I think about it. Oh, this is interesting. Very interesting. You've yeah, certainly with, thought-provoking. With, with Bauer, you got to wonder, is he one of those guys that gets the contract and then kind of like takes his foot off the gas pedal a little bit? He kind of seems like he might be. I don't know. Like Wouldn't It's hard to get a good gauge on Trevor Bauer. He's all over the place. <laughs> I don't think he's like that. I just think he's never been consistent. We, he hasn't been consistently elite. One thing he's consistently been is being inconsistent. That's his consistent right. thing. So. He, has those two, he has those two really good years, and one was last year. That, right. And offsetting those are a bunch of like four-something ERAs. So let's see him do it two years in a row. Yeah, he could. Stuff's there. I can't, oh, he's I on can't. a great team. I mean, yeah. he's got everything going for him. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. All right, let's do uh, one more round of this. So, uh, Kraus, give us one more. Give us your best final insane fantasy take. I'm going to say that I'll go to my rival now, the New York Yankees, that Clint Frazier is the most valuable Yankees hitter this year for fantasy purposes. And it's kind of funny for me to say this because I never was a big Clint Frazier guy coming up through, but I've warmed up to Clint Frazier and he's got a full-time role. He, you know, the numbers last year were very good. The, the walk rate was really good. He's going to be a, definitely an OBP asset. And I think he's a hit 30 home runs in that lineup. And that obviously we know Yankee stadium is a band box. So hitting 30 home runs there is not that hard. I think anybody in that lineup could hit at least 20 um, with all, all the bats they have. But yeah, I really like I really like Clint Frazier this year, especially that like this is like finally the one year where last year he kind of had that spot locked up too. But you know, finally like they're not jerking him around anymore. Like, all right, you're our starter in left field. He's gonna be hitting probably somewhere like fifth or sixth in that lineup. You know, yeah. Russell Russell just hasn't been hitting ninth. I don't believe that for a second. I think he's a hit around six or so right behind like Gliber and Stanton or so that's where I think he's had a hit and I think this is a lot of pop there a little, a little bit of speed hit about 270 or so good OBP maybe 340 350 and I think that that lineup is the only one that you know DJ LeMay he obviously is very good right so and he's kind of the safe guy there but you know Judge always is hurt Hicks is always hurt you know Gliber you know, who knows if he bounces back I think he can but yeah, but I really like Clint Frazier to break out this year in, in a big way. I just took him earlier tonight as my third outfielder, so I'm kind of putting my money where my mouth is with this one. But, yeah, I like Clint Frazier. Insane fantasy takes. I love Clint Frazier, too. I'm going to support that fully. All right, Clegg, one more for the road. I'm going to say, and I don't know if this is insane, that insane or not, but I'm going to say Nick Castellanos is this year's Marcelo Zuna, which has the huge breakout mm. that we've been waiting on. And we were waiting on it last year, you know, signing with Cincinnati. Hit, you can talk about a band box of a park. Great American small park is the place to hit. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. he started, he looked like he was going to be that MVP dark horse candidate last year. I mean, to start out, he started the year on a 12 game hit streak last year. He was slashing 366, 447, 878, hit six home runs in 12 games. He was dominating. And then, fortunately, kind of went downhill from there, but he still hit the ball extremely hard. A stack cast data is good. I think that that park plays really well for him. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if he easily exceeds 35 home runs. And he's always been a good batting average guy too. And that's what we forget is like, he's consistently hit for average. And you saw what happened when he finally got out of Detroit, when he went to a better hitters park in Chicago, when they traded him that year, how dominant he was. I mean, he Cassiano led the league in doubles like every year in Detroit, because 
it's, it's more of a pitcher's park. He hit the ball well, and he posted solid batting averages consistently. You know, over, I mean, look at everything last year. The, the stack has stayed just read off the charts. He struck out a little bit too much. Whiff rate's pretty bad, but a lot of guys struggle with that, honestly. I mean, it was a weird year overall. I think a lot of, even hitters that didn't really talk about it, the, the, the in-game video stuff really affected them. And so, I don't know. I'm just banking on Cassiano's a big return here. He's going to return some good value. He's going like in the 80s consistently in drafts. I'll take him all day. I think 35 home runs is reasonable. Good average. Let's do it. You can go to town on Nick Castellanos all you want. I, you'll never get what you want from him. You'll always think you will, and he'll be on the verge of it, but he'll never quite get there. He's a solid professional hitter. And he's not, I'm not saying he's like a quad A guy or anything, but he's just never going to quite give you that elite le- next level where like we're talking like a top 40, 50 player. He's just not going to do that. He's a tease, what he is. Yeah, he always was. Even when he had, yes, everything you said is true. You did not lie and you did not exaggerate, Chris. You didn't. Those were all facts. Statcast Day looks good. And yes, he had that great little run there in Chicago when he got out of Detroit. But they have a problem there because there's no DH. And this is really going to be an issue because he's a horrendous fielder. He really is a horrendous fielder. And I, if they actually want to win games and it's going to come between defensive replacements, I can see him really losing at bats at times and being pulled from the game if they're ahead and they're trying to close out victories without this DH. I think not having a DH is one of this is one of the players I think that really gets burned by this. I really do. But they don't have anybody yet. Like, who are they going to sub in for? Like, Aristides Aquino is a terrible defender, too. So, like, they don't have really He's better than Cassianos, though. He is. I swear. He is. Yeah, I mean, you're probably not wrong, but I don't think it's worth it to for them to sub Cassianos out. I mean, he he's arguably their best bat, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily agree with that, either. I'm just saying <laughs> it's a matter... When it comes to actual baseball and they start yeah. making these choices, I... I was going to be very curious to see this. You know, one of us is not going to be right about this. One of us will be wrong. One of us will be right. And we're going to find out. And that's yeah. why we do this. We have this discourse. I Maybe I'm too emotional, too. You know, Tiger's guy, and I saw right. what he was. And we always <laughs> you were burned by him. him. Yeah, we we never we could have got more for him. We didn't either. But I don't care about that. I just care about who he was as a player. He is a solid hitter, batting average-wise. But I, I would be, even in that park, I just... If he hit 30 home runs, I would be a little surprised. I would, I, but we'll see. I I respect you, and I know you know what you're doing. I'm just some bozo talking baseball here, and I'm the Tigers fan in me is coming out a little bit. I will admit that. <laughs> but I've also I've seen this game before. So, but it, you actually made good points about the short season and the fact that it was weird, and I completely agree with all that. I I don't take a lot of stock in what happened last year at all. So. Like that. This is another reason for me to I could get really excited and cannot wait to see how this season plays out. This is another one. I'm gonna write this one down after the show and see what happens with Nick Castellanos. I'll remember this. I'm gonna remember yep. this moment. All right, we'll, we'll chat after the year. See how it goes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Hey, if I'm wrong, then uh, yeah, I'll give you anything you deserve, whatever it is. <laughs> you know, I don't know what your pleasure is, but you know, if it's Taco Bell coupons or whatever, I'll give it to you. <laughs> All right, there it is. That's our insane fantasy takes. We did it. These guys are on the record. Give them credit for going out on a limb. You know, they weren't shy. They were fair, and I respect that. Before we close out the show, we got to do shine or ride the pine. Now, this is where we get the predictions. The official projections are given to you, and then you guys tell us, you're going to shine it 
or you're riding the pine on it. It's basically an over-under, but there's no pushes. You're either in or you're out. You guys ready? Ready. All right. We're going to use Steve Paolo's Stomper Projections today. Go to stomperprojections.com and follow Steve on Twitter at Steve Paolo, P-A-U-L-O, Paolo. He's a good guy. Always been a friend of the show. We really appreciate his projections because they're kind of radical sometimes, and I dig that. I'm down with that. All right, let's get it going here. First guy on the menu is Jack Flaherty. Jack Flaherty is projected for 171 innings pitched. Sean, I ride the pond at 171 or more innings pitched this year. Eric Cross. I'm going to ride the pine on that one. I, I think I think it's close, but I think he's more like the 150 to 160 range. So I'll, I'll go I'll go under and, and ride the pine on that one. Click. Yeah, I'm going to agree. Uh, I think he's he, he may push it, actually. I mean, we we saw him in 2019 push 200. He went 196. Didn't throw a lot last year. Only 40. We know they had weird Cardinal season was just totally whacked up out of the COVID. But yeah, ride the pine. But but I think he's going to push pretty close. Yeah, I'm joining you guys on Ride the Pine. I, innings pitch projections are tough. We don't know mm-hmm. what's going to happen this year, so it's really not even fair for me to do this, but we want to try to get an idea of what people like you guys are thinking. You guys are you're wise dudes, so that's why we ask these questions. And If it falls short of that, it's no big deal. He could still have a Cy Young-type season. It's yeah. not, That's not the point. Josh Naylor of Cleveland. Josh Naylor is in Cleveland for his first full season after being traded last year in the Clevenger deal. We expect Josh Naylor to hit 273 or better in 2021. Chris Clegg. I will ride the pine. Hmm. Not feeling it. That that's close. I I'll I'll shine on that one. I, th- I think he's a hit. Mid to upper 270s. I think he just gets over that 273 mark. I think he's, he's a good hitter. I think he's going to get the bat. So yeah. I'll, I'll, I think he, that, that's a really good, you know, over under for Josh Naylor. I think he's right, yeah. going to be right in that range. But I'll, I'll be optimistic and go over on this one. So I'll yeah. shine. I pushed him like 265. So I think I think it's reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. That's not awful. It's, but it's not 273, right? <laughs> I'm going to shine this one. I, I think that. If he gets limited opportunities as well, his batting average could be a little higher than it should look if he had a full season of at-bats. These are things that we just don't know for sure what will happen. But I'm going to shine it. I'm going to join you, Eric. Let's take a chance. Let's live on the edge. Pablo Lopez of the Miami Marlins. Man, he is getting a lot of hype this year. People are very, very excited for another step in the right direction in 2021. Can we expect 12 or more quality starts? From Pablo Lopez in 2021, Eric Cross. I'll I'll shine that one. I really I really like Pablo Lopez. I think I don't think he's gonna be an elite arm by any stretch, but I think he's gonna be a very good arm, top 40 or so arm. Um, and I think he can go. I think I think he can get up to the you know teens for quality starts. So I'll shine that one as well. I'm gonna I'm gonna agree. I'm gonna shine this one. He's uh he's capable of going six innings consistently. So. See why not? I mean, he doesn't go as deep as his teammate Sandy Alcantara does, but uh, I think the twelve's pretty reasonable, especially if he gets thirty starts. So, yeah, I'm shine. All right, I'm gonna shine as well because I'm too invested to not shine it at this point. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> you need to do. Me too. <laughs> Carter Keboom, uh, he got demoted. Very disappointing for me personally. I was very excited about it, but that doesn't mean all hope is lost. 
with the demotion, can we still expect Carter Keyboom to come up and hit 10 or more home runs this year? Uh, Clegg, let's go to you. Oh, man. I'm, I'm surprised. I really thought they were going to give him a chance to play every day. I know that's Me too. Not, not the point, but... The, 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 the shiner by the pine. That one bothered me more than the Kingery demotion. I was like, oh, man. Yeah. Really? That, yeah. Surprise. That's probably the one that bothered me. Like, I, I really thought they'd give him the chance to play. Uh, I'm going to go ride the pine. I don't I don't think he gets enough. I think he comes up. I think he gets a, maybe eight or so. But I'm going to go under. Hmm. I, I got to agree. I want to I wanna shine this one. But I still kind of like Carter Keyboom. Like the bat, but yeah, they, they have all those veterans there too, right? Like, like Sterling Castro, Josh Harrison. So I don't think, I think they can let him just, you know, sit in AAA for a few months, get his head right, you know, get get the bat going again. Cause he's still a very talented player. Yeah. You know, maybe not a star, but he's still that pat, the, yeah, the bat is legit. Um, I think he's going to be a pretty good player for a long time, but. I think they, they can afford to really just let him get right in, in AAA and kind of get get the mojo back, get the swagger back, and he'll be back up. I mean, I, I'm just no one debating that. He'll probably be back up I mean, mid-season, June, July or so, but maybe he's oh. not playing every day because, like I said, Sterling Castro always seems to you know be in that mix. So uh, I'll go. He'll probably get like six to eight, but yeah, I'll, I'll go ride the pine on this one. Damn! I'm going to shine it. I think he makes his way back to the lineup, and he can hit 11 home runs this year. He can hit 12. He's going to hit 12 home runs. It's going to be a banner season for Carlos Keyboom. Michael Govier. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Clegg, how about uh, Kristen Pache? Can he – is it Pache? Pache, yeah. Pache. Darn. Yeah, so kind of pronounce it like there's an S in there, like Pache. Pache. Oh, okay. I yeah. tried to read it online. I did the best I could. Oh, by the way, I want to shout out to my guy Chris Marr, MLB – well, he's not. He's baseball pods. He's not MLB, but baseball pods are often about MLB because they're fantasy baseball pods. Shout out to Chris. He gave me the MLB pronunciation guide for 2021. Yes. And clearly, I did not use it properly. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I, got, I got that too. Yeah, definitely. Big shout out to Chris. Chris is a great guy. He's, yes, he's just he such, such a good dog guy. Does a lot for, especially for podcasts. But yeah, definitely. I love Chris. He's a good dude. Just not possible to dislike Chris. Thank you, Chris, for that. Now, Christian Pache. Six or more steals this year in 2021. Shine or ride the pine, Eric Cross. Definitely shine because he's he's got good speed. He's kind of not as efficient as he should be. You know, he's been under 50% success rate in the last two minor league seasons. But I think just the, the sheer volume of playing time for him, like he his defense, the value he brings there, like that defense up the middle is just so important to the Braves where I think they can give him a longer leash to kind of get his feet wet in the major leagues. Where I don't think his job's in jeopardy. Um, kind, of, kind of like, uh, I equate back to like Dustin Pedroia from my Red Sox way back in the day, where he got off to his rookie year. He was atrocious for the first like month or so of the season, but that defense he brought at second base was so valuable that they kept him in the lineup and gave him the time to adjust. So I think Pache will, will stick. Uh, he's got he's to hit at some point, but... Yeah, I think the the bat is good enough where he'll. I think he can get up to yeah, 13, 14, 15 steals this year. So, I, I think I'm gonna definitely shine this one. I'm gonna shine it as well. I think he's pushes 15 steals. I think could even push 20. He's that good uh-huh. of a runner if they give him the chance. And the concern is he hits the bottom of the lineup. So 
I, the, the bat's going to surprise people. I really do think that he surprises a lot of people this year. Like you mentioned, he's going to play every single day. He's elite center fielder. He's he's going to be a gold glover multiple times in his career. So he, they want him in the lineup. And I do, I think the bat is better than we think. And a lot of people have kind of soured on the bat, but talk to some guys that are pretty high on the bat that I think that he can hit 260, 270. I think he's developing power to 15, 20 home run pop and still 15 bags. I think he's going to be a really valuable piece this year. There's going to be some growing pains. He's young, but I'll go. I'll shine it. Hmm. This is a tough one. I'm going to, I'm going to ride the pine. I've been pretty negative on him, so he could prove me wrong and then I'll happily accept the incorrect guess here, but just haven't, uh, haven't been feeling it. But what you're telling me is op- optimistic. I like to hear that. You guys know is better it, than I do. Is it more like a playing time? Do you think he's going to lose the job? Is that is that why you're going to ride this one? Yeah, I feel like there's going to be a veteran who gets signed in the mix here because they're really so focused on trying to win it all that will come in. if he, if he he So the bet is that he doesn't quite perform up to standards, and then they got to fill it with somebody else who could still be signed at this point. This could be a random guy. I don't even know who it is yet. That's... That's my thought process on this, but that's it. But if he takes off, then yeah, you're right. I'll be completely wrong. That's yeah, about it. It's, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting interesting season for Pache to see where where he goes offensively. Because I don't think there's any question with the defense, but yeah, to seeing where the how the bat looks this year, I think that'll be very very intriguing to watch. Hmm. All right. Well, that's interesting. How about Diego Castillo of Tampa. Nick Anderson screwed. Very sad. Really sorry about your loss, Nick Anderson. You did not deserve it. You didn't deserve it. This is going to be your year. This is going to be a big year for him, but now it's over, basically. I mean, it's not technically over, but it's over. Diego Castillo, will he get seven or more saves now that Nick Anderson is on the shelf? Uh, Clegg. I'm going to shine it. I mean, they love to share the role, but I definitely think that him and Peter Fairbanks are going to get the most, and I think they, they both get over 10, so... I'll shine. I'm going to shine this one too, especially with Anderson out of the mix. That kind of is one less mouth to feed. And I agree hundred percent with, with uh, Chris that it's, it's Fairbanks and Castillo, even though you look at roster resource, it's kind of funny. You go to Tampa Bay's uh, page and roster resource, and they have five guys in the closer uh, role. <laughs> they have Fairbanks, Castillo, Ryan Thompson, Chesro, Andrew Kitchard. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, but yep. definitely, you know, Fairbanks and Castillo are the two best ones there. So I think they both get double digits. Just don't look Peter Fairbanks in the eyes because it, 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 you might just start burning up because those eyes, you know, that stare, remember that stare Pete Fairbanks had, and the, I mean, he just doesn't blink. Oh, so as long as you don't look him directly in the eyes, he'll be very valuable for you. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think uh, Castillo and Fairbanks both get 10 plus saves. And yeah, so I'll, I'll shine this one as well. I am definitely shining this one. I had him as backup plans or, or just as my main plans because you never know what's going to happen at late flyers. And now it looks like I might be sitting pretty. I love Diego Castillo this year. Nate Evaldi. Nathan Evaldi. The opening day starter now for the Red Sox, apparently, right? Isn't that true? Because Eduardo's on the Ooh. shelf. 165 Ks or more. 165 Ks strikeouts or more. Shine around the pine, Eric Cross. Ride the pine, hundred uh, <laughs> percent. I think on a per inning basis, he'll be a good strikeout arm, but I just don't see him getting enough innings to get up there. He's just never pitched enough innings to get up that high. So I think he'll get close. I think he'll be something like you know, hundred and twenty innings, hundred and forty or so Ks. But I just, I think hundred sixty-five is 
with his health history, I think that's a little bit of a stretch. So I, I would love it. Obviously, that means if he's getting that many Ks, that's a good thing for my Red Sox. But I think that's wishful thinking. So I'll ride the pine on this one. Yep, riding the pine as well. He, Like you said, he hadn't pitched 150 innings since 2015. So <laughs> I don't think he gets – he doesn't get there. I think maybe 130 is a reasonable guess on innings. And I think he's more of like a caper nine guy. So, yep, riding the pine. Tribe has spoken. Yeah, I'm going to ride the pine on that as well. Do you guys want to guess how many innings pitched the projection goes for that 165? One – I'll say like 150. Or 148 close to 155. Steve's got a 134. 165 Ooh. Ks and 134 innings. Outs. It is. That's that's why I shared that. I found that to be quite I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But you're that, right. The 134 we, innings sounds pretty reasonable. I mean he's that, that's a very realistic expectation for him, but I don't think he gets that many Ks in that innings. Well, here's a guy we talked about earlier, and now I'm going to bring it up again because we were so uncertain. J.D. Davis. Will J.D. Davis hit 13 or more home runs in 2021? Clegg. Yeah, I got to take the over on that. Definitely shining. Uh, I think even if he's a halftime player, he gets 13. So, let's shine, baby. Yep, 100%. 100% agree I'm shining as well. You know, like I said, I think over a full season, like, you know, give him – you know, six five hundred and fifty six hundred at bats. I think he's like a you know high twenties home run guy. I think he's shown that he has that power twenty five to thirty over a full year. So yeah, even if like kind of like what Chris said, even if he's half that, yeah, that's twelve to thirteen range. So and I think he's gonna play more than half the time. I think he's gonna get at least two thirds of the at bats. So yeah, I'll, I think he's gonna be yeah, right around twenty. This is my projection for for him. So I'll, I'll definitely shine that one. Okay. Well, this is a shout out to my guy in my TGFBI league who drafted or not drafted he. Put in a massive bid of $151 last night in TGFBI for Carlos Martinez. $151. Carlos Martinez, 118 or more innings pitched this year. Shine to ride the pine, Eric. Ride. I got to ride the pine on that one. He's just, it's, there's always something with Carlos Martinez, right? Where, he was pretty good for a long time, but hasn't really been a full-time starter in a few years now. Yeah, last year, all of his appearances were starts, but that was like what, five or six. So I, just, I don't know. I don't see him sticking. I think they move him back to the bullpen or he'll probably get hurt or something. That's always something with Carlos Martinez. So uh, I'm not super invested in him this year. I used to be. I used to be a big Carlos Martinez guy, but he's just burned me too many times. I just don't think he gets enough innings to get there. So I will ride the pine on this one. Yeah, had a had a guy on Twitter call me out because I like John Means better than Carlos <laughs> <Remember> Martinez, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he wasn't happy about that. He he pulled he cited uh, Martinez's career stats. I was like, oh, I love. I mean, Martinez has been good, like we said. He just, just don't think he throws the innings. So, gotta ride the pine. Uh, two more, we'll get out of here. Lucas Sims of the Reds. I still don't know exactly if he's clear and good to go or not uh, with the elbow issue, which wasn't supposed to be that big a deal. Right now, it's eight or more saves from Lucas Sims. Eric Cross, eight or more saves from Lucas Sims. I will... That's close. I will ride the pine on this one because hmm. for, for a couple of reasons, I really like Amir Guerra. I think he gets the bulk of the saves there. And you know, also they also got Sean Doolittle in the mix, and he hasn't looked great, but I think he still will factor in on some nights and you know situational things like that. But yeah, I think 
Sims gets like, you know, five or six. I think Doolittle gets you know a few in there as well. But I think Garrett gets the the bulk of them, gets like, you know, 20 to 25 or so. So I will I, I do like Sims though in general. I like Sims, but I will I'll ride the pine on this one. Uh, I'm gonna shine it. I think that this like true committee. I mean, you got the lefty righty, you can go matchups. They said that both guys are gonna be considered closers to start the season. I think I think Garrett does get the bulk. I will say that Garrett Garrett's the bulldog that's going to get the most saves, but I think Sims gets at least ten. So let's shine. I, I, I can see it. I can see it. Yeah, I can definitely see it. I'm going to I'm going to shine it. Yeah, I, I just feel like they like him, and if he's healthy, then I think it's probably a safe bet. And I love Amir Garrett. I like what you said about him, Cross, but. There have been issues where he's not been able to perform. There's been walk issues and just giving up contact in that ballpark too. It's been a problem. He hasn't. He's had moments. Last year wasn't so good either. I'm still a little confused. So I think, like you said, the committee, as uh, you know, Clegg mentioned, Clegg and Cross. I can't believe I actually haven't screwed up Clegg and Cross too many times in the show at all. I'm actually proud of myself. <laughs> no, you've done good. <laughs> yeah, thank you. All right, the last one, and we'll call it a day. Dylan cease of the chicago white Sox. will he have 135 or more strikeouts in 2021 let's go to clegg i think he does i'm not a big cease guy at all everybody's buying in on this breakout i'm not the highest on him his command is terrible and he's he's walked a million batters this spring too and hasn't looked to get better i think he's like a, a strikeout and inning type guy and so i think that he hits that innings threshold so i'll shine it but i think it's probably close I am going to shine as well, you know, and I was never really a big cease guy because of the command and, but, you know, there's kind of all the ingredients are there for, you know, a, a bounce back for him. He's got the, the same pitching coach that helped turn around Lucas Giolito a couple years ago. They're doing a lot of the same things using a core, the term core something belt, you know, so I think he's looked, you know, he's got the stuff, right? You know, while the, the ratios might not be great, even if he does turn it around, He's probably not going to be you know, a good ratio guy, but he's shown that the stuff is there. Like He's got good stuff, the fastball, a couple of breaking pitches that are both really good. So I think if, if we're just talking strikeouts, I think he does get over that threshold. So I will shine this one. Wow. You know, I was so focused on these projections because we hadn't had any comments for a while. And I was like 50 comments. So I totally missed all these. Great job. <laughs> Crisscross will make you jump, jump from Brian Rodman. <laughs> and then Carlos Barcano says at least 200 Ks. I don't even know who this is referencing. Are you talking about <laughs> Carlos Martinez? Are you talking about uh, Nathan Yavaldi? Uh, that's pretty wild. Uh, dude is hitting 100 miles per hour. Who would that have been? I'm not sure. Who knows? Yeah, maybe Yavaldi always hits 100. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's true. Maybe Carmart Velo roller coaster this spring. Okay. Yeah, the Velo's been up and down, and Brian does not like to hear that. But shine that shit, Clegg. Whatever you shine, <laughs> you shine it well, Clegg. Well done. And oh, El, El, thank you. Yes, Yancey's popping in. By the way, do you guys know Yancey is an amazing drummer? He was really, and I can he, totally see that. He was like a he was in a drum line, he was like hardcore, like nice. band drum college guy, even. So, I've learned nice. a lot about it. It's pretty interesting. We need to make a, a fantasy baseball community band. We need like a lead <laughs> yes! singer, a couple guitarists, maybe a keyboardist <laughs> or something like that. Like a full band out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm all, I'm all for it. I would love that. Okay, we've done this show long enough. Thank you all for these comments at the end. I was just zoned out. That's poor producing on my... I am responsible. 
for not sharing your comments. But we love your comments, and we want to thank Chris and Eric for coming on the show, giving us a lot of their time. We talked a lot of baseball here. I think we got a lot of thoughts in. We got predictions in. We got basically wherever these guys stand on a lot of players as opening day comes up here on Thursday. And, of course, they're going to be doing their own stuff still, more content, more information coming from these guys all of the time. How do we say farewell here, guys? Uh, give your farewell spiel, Mr. Eric Cross. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Michael. This was this was fun. I was I always love talking with you, and you know we got our, our team we're co-managing this year. It's gonna be gonna be a lot of fun. So thanks for having me on. This was, this was I'm glad we were finally able to do this. So real really yeah. appreciate you having me on. Of course, you're my tag team partner, man. I mean, I, yeah. I know you and Clegg are tight, but we got our own thing going on here, Clegg. I'm sneaking in here, as a tag team partner. <laughs> Don't get envious. Don't get jealous. I'm, we're just friends. We're just friends. <laughs> I promise. So. Good to know. What about you, Clegg? Uh, I, Give us your I don't need to read it. Don't need to read an erotic novel about that or anything. <laughs> Actually, that would be great. Three fantasy guys, the love triangle. Who knew? <laughs> the tag team league. <laughs> oh man, I no, appreciate getting on, man. Glad we worked it out. It's busy, busy season leading up to drafts, but I'm glad we were able to do it before the season started, man. It's good to connect again. It's been been a little while since we chatted. Go be able to yeah. get back on and talk with you, man. I absolutely agree. I really enjoyed it. It's good to see you again. I've been talking to Eric here and there, and we got to keep in touch. I know yeah. everybody's busy. We're all doing stuff. Now we got a, we got the season here, so it'll probably just get more busy. But I don't know. Maybe draft season's even more busier than the regular season. I think I it know. is, honestly. For me, it feels busier. I don't yeah. know. I'll find out. I mean, I only had last year to go off of, but it wasn't a real season, so this will be different. But um, yeah. I'm really excited for it. Let's thank these guys for coming on the show. Don't forget Palazzo Podcast or ProtonMail.com, Palazzo Podcast on Twitter and Facebook, and, of course, our YouTube channel where you can subscribe and watch all of our past live streams. If you missed any of this, you can go back and watch all of this. And, of course, we're on podcast platform. Yes, two L's, two Z's, Palazzo Podcast. Gary, where are you, Gary? Utah. There he is. Give me two. Sorry, Yancey. I was slow to the draw on that. Of course, Plaza Podcast is where you can find us. We thank you so much. Don't forget, me and Deary will be back Tuesday night for our final prediction show before opening day. And on opening day, me and Mike Curlin are going to be doing a live stream, like five-hour extravaganza, opening day live stream. Everybody's welcome to come on. Like, you guys want to pop on. You know, we'll share. We're just we're welcoming everyone in the community to just kind of come on this at some point. We'll start about 4 p.m. Eastern time. And we'll go till as long as we can go into the night. So look forward to that. Me and Curlin talking baseball, having as many people like these guys or anybody else who wants to pop in. So that's it. Thank you so much, and we will catch you guys next time. Godspeed, everybody. It's strong and it's sudden. It's cruel sometimes. But it might just save your life. That's the power of prospects. That's the power of prospects. Right, lads. Now, I know there's not a faint heart among you. And I know you're as anxious as I am to get into close action. But we must bring him right up beside us before we spring this trap. That will test our nerve. And discipline will count just as much as courage. The Acheron is a tough nut to crack. More than twice our guns, more than twice our numbers. And they will sell their lives dearly. They mean to take us as a prize. (laughs) And we are worth more to them undamaged. Their greed will be their downfall. England is under threat of invasion. And though we be on the far side of the world, this ship is our home. This ship is England.
So it's every hand to his rope or gun, quicks the word and sharps the action. After all, surprise is on our side. <laughs> For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.